Hey there, welcome to Motorcycles and This Coming to you from the Recycle Garage. Where? In sunny Santa Cruz, California. We are back with the nice weather. We yeah, are in Glorious day. And it is Super Bowl Sunday. It However, is. you gave everyone chili today, so it is super bowel. Emma, so <laughs> <laughs> pull my finger. <laughs> no! <laughs> um, hey, everyone, this is Liza. And in honor of the Super Bowl, I wore red <laughs> for my favorite team. Which one? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I'm, I'm rooting for Taylor Swift. Okay. Yeah. Go Taylor. Yes, I'm a Swifty. <laughs> No, but we are in here. Uh, I left Doug and Henry out there in the garage watching the Super Bowl. We had it going. But another great day. Put out some chili. People have been coming and going all day. We had a lot of new people. Yes. Got rid of some more gear. Yes. And uh, Also got more gear. Yes. You're welcome. Mm. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, we had a drop off of dirt gear and a, and, uh, a thing. I didn't know what it was. Uh, it looked like it would fit John's balls perfect, but I'm told it's for an ankle. A kangaroo? Oh, really? It would fit my balls great. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what the problem is. In fact, I'm wearing it right now. Feel it. Go ahead. <laughs> oh, God almighty. Give it a we like, no, Yeah, it works. We are three minutes I didn't even into feel that. Three minutes into the podcast, <laughs> and you were already talking about toilet components. Exactly. And my balls. Well, let's get to whose <laughs> balls are in the room tonight. <laughs> Running the board, it's Stumpy John. I got one thing to say. Stumpy bends, but he does not break. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yep. I think that's called Peroni's disease or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> You're bendy. Oh, and always keeping her balls in the air. <laughs> with Jug- so many projects. Juggling. It's Miss Emma. Been spending most of my life Living in an Amish paradise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Weird, weird Al. Right on. Yeah. Oh, that's it. You know what? That's my favorite. <laughs> weird Al. I mean, there's so many good ones to choose from. I can't think of any right now. Oh, my favorite oh, is word crimes. Yes. All right. Well, that's great tell one. you what. Let's keep going around the room. <laughs> also, joining uh, Emma on the couch, it's Josh. Crockett Josh checking in. Crockett Josh. Crockett Josh. Just churning my butter over here with uh, Miss Emma on the classy girl yes. couch. Happy Where, to be here. Where's Crockett Josh come from? Uh, Crockett. That's right. Yeah. Well, you've heard of Crockett and Tubbs. This is Crockett and Josh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm liking that. I was going to come up with a nickname. You beat me to it. Good job. I wouldn't let you do that. Good job. <laughs> All right. You and see what happened to me, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Could we describe you as a crocketeer? I am a crocketeer. Uh, I also, certain nights, uh, the Crockett Rocket comes out. Oh, oh that sounds like oh. a croc. <laughs> Do you want to take my balls cover thing? No! <laughs> I saw the Will video. I saw the video of the Crockett Rocket. It hit you. Oh, it did, yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. The Crockett Rocket that. went off in your face. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. I saw that. And then uh, the man of few words oh. across from me. It's Gilles. Uh, yes. <laughs> um. Uh, I'm a Quebecois. We. Oui. I. Uh, am I supposed to tell the story now or no? Just, no, we'll get just it. say hello. Hello. Oh, bonjour. Bonjour. Yes, yeah. there we go. There we go. Gilles is is from north of the border in uh, Quebecois. He's yes. one of our Canadian geese. That's right. A we sn- we get Canadian geese every winter. Snowbird, in snowbird. fact, a snowbird. Yes, were uh, you aware of that? 
I, I know the expression snowbird. Yes. Yes. That is you. We always look forward to snowbirds in the winter. And uh, no bird. <laughs> no, I don't think anyone has ever Are called him a bird. you blushing already, Bagel? But if he was... <laughs> <on> my balls. <laughs> no, he is. Emma? Yes. But if he was a bird, yes. what bird would Bagel be? Ooh. A booby. A blue-footed <laughs> booby. <laughs> Are you a booby, gonna... Bagel? Bagel, oh, darling. I was going to say I'm white and nerdy. No, you're a booby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Bagel. How you doing? <laughs> All right. How's it going? It's going good. So, um... Yeah, it was a it was a good day in the garage, kind of a slow slow day, not not a lot of motivation. But then um there's that moment where it just takes like one person to pull out a wrench and start working on something. Then suddenly you look around and there's like three people, four people working on stuff and then other people like handing them tools and helping and pointing stuff out and it's like right. full swing. And it just happens like that. It's always fun. But John, you've been working on the uh little pink scooter. Your buddy, yeah. Which I think in any other time, a pink scooter, not so cool, except thanks to Phil and Cleveland Moto, they've made the Pink Buddy scooter well, and, cool. And, and Barbie. <laughs> okay. <laughs> if you want to go with that. I think, in fact, no, she's got a blue scooter up there. No, there's a, there's a, no, right there. It's a pink one. Oh, yeah, yeah. Next I do. Evil. Oh, I do yeah. have a pink Yeah, yeah it looks just like it, too. You're right. Um, but, yeah, we got the game going on and just... All sorts of talking and Emma. Did you get anything? Did you do anything? Did you? Oh, you helped John. She helped me a lot. Yeah. Did, yeah. did you diddle the scooter? I, I helped Josh as well. She diddled my pads. Yeah. I. I helped Jill. Yeah. Hmm. It's not Jill. Jill. Yeah. Jill. I know. Jill. You got a juge. You got a juge. Yeah, you got a juge. I realize we don't have a ju- we don't have a juge in you the, got a in the juge. alphabet. You're just bagel's heads about ready to spin off over there. Liza um, helped <laughs> fixed my horn. Horny. Yeah. Oh, he's horny now. I, I noticed that when I mentioned that my horn isn't working, sometimes I get a look as if it's not supposed to. Is that is that correct? Oh, you know, no, no, you've got to have a horn, darling, because otherwise you have to yell at people. Oi! Wanko. Uh, Gilles, do you mind if I throw you under the bus a little bit? What type? <laughs> <laughs> throw him under the bus. <laughs> Greyhound. Um I was uh, I was actually commenting on his choice of bike for doing this yeah. long journey, which we'll get into a little bit. But he has absolutely no windshield. He's riding a, a naked bike. Oh, I don't see have a problem. With and that. riding, especially in the winter, cross country without any windshield, I thought was crazy. So I took him over. But he's got a beard. to my Triumph Scrambler, which I put you know small little yeah. windshield, but it does it helps. And I showed him that, and he looked at the pipes, and he said, uh, "Unacceptable." Unacceptable. Oh. I went, "What? <laughs> w- what? Why is the scrambler pipes unacceptable?" I think about uh, the pillion and uh, the the legs being up against the uh, the pipes. Do you think that's a problem on the scrambler, Emma? Well, under normal circumstances, yes. But Triumph understood this problem. And if you actually look at the pipes, that I think there's either three or four layers of heat shield. Heat shields. There are heat shields on heat shields on heat shields on that bike. So um, I wouldn't ride any bike with bare legs. But I think with a pair of jeans, pair of motorcycling pants, you'd never feel it. Is is the exhaust double-walled, do you think? 
Um, I think by the time it gets back there, it is. The head pipes on the Triumph are single wall, which is why they go blue like that. Um, but I think back then, yeah, this double wall. You can you can put your hand on it, and it's hot, but it's not stupidly hot. But I told him, don't ever say that in public, because in general, I think the, the general consensus, scramblers are cool, like full stop, right? Oh, I like an acceptable. There, there's no no realm where you're like, uh, not cool. No, I appreciate I, cool. the uh, the effort that designers put into this to you can't make save it, it work damage is done son but uh, <laughs> i remain unconvinced and i will uh, repeat but not out loud that <laughs> i believe it's still unacceptable i like that term just met liza unacceptable <laughs> and i will I repeat like, it but it not out loud <laughs> i would like i mean having seen your bottom yesterday out of a van window. Unacceptable. Look. So, that, no, no, there's no getting away from this. So, I'm happily driving along in King Kong. I have a very, very expensive Triumph in the back, which I'm delivering back to an owner. And I'm just driving along. And I look in my rearview mirror and I see a law tiger's <laughs> van closing on me fast. Um, and I think, I'm sure I know who's in there. And I look, and I see Matt behind the steering wheel. And who is in the passenger seat? Moi. Yes. And what did you, what did you do when you pulled alongside? I pulled my pants down and stuck my ass out the window. Not a thing you want to see before you've had a decent breakfast. <laughs> Liza's into mobile burlesque now. <laughs> no, it, yes, it was. Well, I was so excited because I was like, I don't remember the last time I wasn't driving, and I had the opportunity to moon somebody. Right, and being I got a, excited, and being in a transit van, you had room to maneuver. Yeah, and then it just so happened as I was doing that, my phone started ringing. It was my sister calling, <laughs> so of course I just answered. Hold on, I'm putting my pants on, and she's like, "What? Where are you?" I'm like, "I'm in a car." She's like, "What?" I just mooned somebody. She's like, "Wait, what?" You're driving and you moon somebody? No, I'm not driving. She, but hold on, I need to get my pants on. <laughs> She's like, "How old are you?" Like she, my sister just does not understand. At I'm all. struck by <laughs> how much generosity there is around here. <laughs> Free butt. Yeah, no, I mean Liza is happy to show anybody, and it's very white, Liza. It's, yes. Yeah, it's quite. Fluorescent, was it in smooth? Fact. It's glow in the dark, in fact. It was quite hairy, I think. <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> no, no, it was a very nice bottom. Oh, nice. Yeah, no, it really was. Um, but not necessarily the thing you want to see on the freeway. Anyway, um, we pulled into the local cycle gear, exchanged pleasantries in the parking yeah. lot, and then uh, I delivered the Triumph to a grateful customer. Yeah, and Matt and I were out on a mission because we were out dropping off our little uh, flyers for our rally coming up in April. Yes. Josh, will you be joining us? I will be. Fantastic. Um, Josh immediately ingratiated himself to Miss Emma before I'd even spoken to him. In fact, Emma, I don't know if you know the significance of somebody who's going to be at our rally, not not just an attendee, he's going to be um, presenting. So do you do you know the name Brock McAllister? Oh yeah, that is a familiar name. Well, let me tell you why you do. Well, you do sort of know that name. Do 
you remember where we first met Breaking Away Matt? I don't. Up in the city. Oh, at... Bikes on the Bay. Bikes on the Bay. The Roland Sands event. Yes. I was there with you. Yeah, We were there. Yep. I remember we went around and did some interviews, and they were doing that flat track. That's right. Like Hooligan Flat Track. Yeah, yes, yes. And we Mm -hmm. interviewed... Brock McAllister. No, his son. That's right, because his son... With the, like, really blonde hair. The golden curls. He looked like little Lord Fauntleroy. Yes, and he had been, like... Ripping and we, we won actually, and we went and interviewed him and that's Brock's son, right? And we actually thought because from the stands we thought this is like a you know a young teenage girl kicking ass because he's <laughs> yeah, he's, he's flowing very, mane he's got flowing blonde hair and very very tiny. I mean I'm sure he's bulked up now but he's just really sl- small guy but he kicking yeah, well, he, ass he gets that from his dad who's a racer who does like moto camps and stuff okay. and he's going to be coming down and doing instruction at our event okay yeah that's pretty cool huh well yeah so yeah um, uh, i'm gonna give matt credit on that he's been throwing some some cool stuff together so that's going to be april 18th through 21st i believe and if you don't come i'll be crushed Really, honestly, I'm going to be crushed if you don't come. So I want you all to come. And uh, John, what else do we have on our? Yeah, calendar? we got a lot coming up here. Um, so Stumpistan, we're starting to push hard for the Stumpistan trip. So we're uh, Stumpistan is May 30th to June 12th, uh, flying into Islamabad and out of Islamabad this year. Um, we got a special going on right yeah. now for the first five to sign up from this podcast, um, and and your friends. Uh, we have a five hundred dollar discount coming up. So, Boy, that's um, so if you're going to sign up for this, this is the time now before those discounts are gone. So there's only five. So get on that this week. You can go to a differentagenda.com and sign up from there, and all the details are there. Look for uh, the stumpy one. It says stumpy on there. And you don't need a coupon code or anything because no. you're all you're doing is putting down a, a deposit, deposit, and then the first five will get a reduced uh, exactly. Amount. Yeah. Meanwhile, immediately after Stumpistan. <coughs> what is it, John? The Dolomites trip. The Dolomites trip. And I have a special going on for the Dolomites trip. You do? I do. The next three people that show up for the Dolomites trip, I will show them my ankle in a provocative <laughs> manner. <laughs> cankle or your ankle? No, I don't have cankles. <laughs> I smash your face in. <laughs> All right. And then right after that is Castles and Curves from July 14th to 20th. Exactly. So there's a two-week break. And so... I was at, last year, you see, we did Castles and Curves immediately after the Dolomites trip. This year, there's a two-week break because the Dolomites trip, I think, is June 23rd. It is June 23rd to 29th. 23rd to the 29th. And then Castles and Curves is June 14th. So there's two weeks between. So I'm going back to Merry Old. For two Uh, weeks? Two weeks. Wow. When's the last time you were there for two weeks? Oh, gosh, 1980. Wow. So, anyway. Oh, are you going to go wow. to the Triumph Factory? I'll go everywhere. Because uh, remember, our friend Laura <laughs> yes. is, I think, maybe working there now, or, or at least can get hooked up with you there. Yeah, so, yeah, make yeah. sure you let me know. So, yeah, I'm going to go and see all my peeps in Birmingham, and I've got friends in London, I've got friends in Birmingham, I've got friends in Liverpool and Wales and all over the place. So, you know, yeah. I'll so, just... if you're interested, go to Liaud Escapes. L-E-O-D escapes. And look for the Misfit and Tours. look for the Misfit Tours. Yes. <clears throat> and then Bagel, you have a trip from uh, July 19th to 21st. Well, it's not a trip. It's just a, a, a scooter rally. A scooter rally. And, where, yeah. uh, and give us some information on where people can find out about that. Uh, it's not posted yet. It, it's it's going to be a small thing. I don't, I don't want to promote it too much right now, but 
we will be having it uh, this this summer. Uh, details will be posted online later. Should okay. you should you wear a scooter skirt if you go? Um, hopefully it won't, the weather won't be too, uh, too bad. So you probably won't need one. Then. Okay. Very good. All right. So stay tuned for more information from Bagel on that. If he decides yeah. to promote it and he may not, then you yeah. can't come. So. There you are. So tra la la. <laughs> That's the end of that. And then, then. A- AMA Vintage Days from, uh, July 26th through the 28th in mid Ohio. You can go to the AMA website and get more information on that. And Chickistan is September 15th through 28th. Yeah. And you can go to uh, a differentagenda.com for more information on that. So lots to do. Well, hang on. And what did I forget? No, we have got the uh, um, we've got the uh, the final trip in Italy. Oh God, <coughs> I always forget where we're going, but it's somewhere good, and that's going to be in September. Oh, I don't know about this one yet. Oh, we were talking about it last week. Tuscany. Oh, Tuscany, Tuscany that's yeah. the word. <laughs> Tuscany. <laughs> Ooh, hold on. I want to ask follow up. Where, where the Tusks come What's from? What's the date on that? I don't know yet. Okay. Well, I do. But I'd have to have a look at look at Leo's escapes. Okay, well, Bagel, since he looked up that there are scooters available, are you interested in that? I, I am very seriously considering it. I am still trying to figure out my plans for the year. I'm I'm rooting for you to go, not just because like I think mm-hmm. it'd be cool for you to go, but I, I like that we pushed him into finding scooters because I think there are more scooters out there. I'll show yeah. you one of my ankles in a provocative way. And I want to see you Ooh. riding next to Cat <laughs> and show him what a scooter can so do. Is that October 16th to the 12th? Does that sound correct? Tuscan Hill Hopper yes. travel training tour? Yes. So there you go. April, uh, October 6th to 12th. 6th to the 12th. And that's in Tuscany. Mm-hmm. Cool. So, John. Yes. You went for a ride last weekend. Went for a couple. And uh, both J- you and Jim were out, but you had called and said, "Yeah, I can't, I can't make it to the garage." <laughs> and I, I was like, "Okay." And then I immediately called Jim. What did you do to John? You broke him. Uh, well, it- <laughs> <laughs> part of it was what? the fact that we got back. It rained, and we got back super late, and I was just wasted. But yes. Um, well, here we have Jim isn't here, unfortunately, to tell his side of things. But Josh is. Mm-hmm. So, Josh, you're a fact checker. Okay. Since you were there for the weekend. And I heard you did a very nice thing for the group. Yeah, I set myself on fire. Yeah. Oh, that wasn't what I heard. But, oh. okay, you set yourself oh. on fire? Yeah, so, sort of, well, yeah. sort of. We, we had a great ritual every night where we all had to come up with a novel way of setting <laughs> ablaze yes. the bonfire. And, and, and uh, me, one time. And you. Um, the first night, it was fire fireworks, fireworks bottle yes. rockets. Um, that's when the Crockett rocket blew up right in, uh, right in Stumpy's face. You should, that's on Instagram, so you can go see that one. And then uh, Jim sort of cajoled me wonderfully into the idea of doing a flaming burnout to spray burning <laughs> sand into a gasoline-soaked bonfire. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of that gasoline shot up into the wheel well of my wonderful DRZ. <laughs> Um, and then, uh, I was convinced to do wheelies through the fire. Nice. Yeah. Right on. And they were right. little tiny wheelies, but <laughs> it was still fun nonetheless. Yeah. So nice. we had six of us in total. Um, there were, uh, so Josh, we had three listeners, Josh, Bill, and Doug. Dougie, there. Dougie D glove. So Dougie D glove. That's his new nickname. So. Craig. Uh, and well, Craig, he's yeah. And then Craig and then myself and Jim. So and and again, where were you? Where were we you? were out in Johnson Valley in the Mojave? Okay, um, for uh, we showed up on Tuesday through. I left on Saturday, and these guys left on Sunday. Fantastic, wonderful time. Uh, so, what did you think? So, what was your favorite part of the trip? Honestly, it was 
It was just the variety of writing that you have available to you there. Mm-hmm. That's the wrong answer. Well, your favorite part of the trip was setting fire to John's face. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was certainly my favorite. Well, and I didn't see Jim naked, which was a bit of a letdown. It was, yeah. um, oh, he yeah. was wearing some <laughs> some uh, thermals, some clothes, and he was, you know, I, I could see some things, but it, it wasn't the full gym experience. Um, well, it was probably quite cold. I would have thought. How cold? What was it? It was chilly. It was probably yeah. low thirties at night. Oh yeah. dear, yeah, yeah and probably fifties in the day. But we had one day of rain. And one day of just gnarly wind. Yeah, that that was rough. Uh, we didn't really sleep for about two days, which right. made for some fun high-speed desert riding. Um, <laughs> but no, seriously, the, the area that we went to, there's a little bit for anyone. Um, there's open desert riding through Sage, where you know the sand is just tacky enough where you feel like you're kind of surfing through it. Mm. There's these big rock buttes that you could get up on and play around mm-hmm. in all day. Stumpy was not having that. Nope. Right. Um, there's just these crazy sand washes where, you know, and this is honestly the first time I've ever ridden sand without just completely now, eating it every five five minutes. Mm. So now, now, Josh, you ingratiated yourself to me today by showing up on this gorgeous PC eight hundred, um, which I've got a long history with. I think they're just great. Now, are, do you describe yourself as you, are you more of a dirt rider or more of a street rider or a bit of everything? Really, I'm kind of moto curious right now. Um, well, like that. I started on a little CRF 250L in the dirt, um, looped it, <laughs> stuffed it into ravines multiple times, and then I got myself a Duke 690 <coughs> and then stuffed that down a ravine in uh, Mines, Mines Road. That's not a dirt bike. That's not a dirt bike. No. And it was while I was laying there uh, waiting for my airbag vest to deflate that <laughs> I booked my first track day. And so I've been ah. pretty track focused for the last couple of years, but dirt's fun. I love hearing that you're trying a little bit of everything. Next up, ice racing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, next up, I think, is a T7. Oh. Um, yeah, you went, talked about that. Went down to yeah. So-So Cycles and uh, Concord. I want to give them props. Great, great uh, shop. Um Talk to the guy for 15 minutes, and I'm trying to figure out what I can sell to afford a new T7. <laughs> so that will make bike number six. So, so yeah, yeah, I mean, what's in your stable right now? You've obviously got the PC800. So I'm working on D-1, divorce minus yep, one. Yep, um, It is a good formula. Do you know about that, Gilles? No. Do you know, the, do you know what the old formula was for the right amount of bikes? Uh, N plus one. We Do you know it? We, we revised it. It is now a D minus one, D equaling divorce. Fewer divorces? <laughs> <laughs> one less than so, what would get you divorced. So how do you do it for me oh. when you get a bike for you? So it's D minus one, but then you get a bike for your wife. So it's D minus one right. parentheses plus. There's some algebra <laughs> thing going on there. That yeah, we, we got to come up with that. <laughs> so, yeah, but you can. It's a changeable formula because D minus one, the actual number can be changed with um, addition of C and F on an S and N, which would be chocolates and flowers on Saturday night. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it's a changeable... Oh, okay. It's, yeah. it's more of an algorithm. But though. basically, it's an algorithm, yeah. you know, and you, 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 kinda can, you can get caught in it. But the important thing is D minus one. So you always stay on the right side of your sweet Sounds to me like... Um, uh, some people have a second family to satisfy their desires. <laughs> yeah, oh, some yeah. people would that'd need be a D second D garage. D minus one squared, that would be. A second garage. <laughs> I'm going to employ uh, my famous BM with my partner. 
back massage. Ah. Oh, not bowel movement. No. no okay, good. So uh, we had four days in the desert. Um, I think the so hang on. The, the, he hadn't finished. Okay, telling us we'll what take your riding. stable. Okay, quick stable. Um, my nicest bike is a KTM 200 XCW. Okay. That's a nice spot in, uh, in Texas. I only bought it because California said I couldn't have a two-stroke. And then I said, <laughs> screw you, I want one. You can have a two-stroke. I've got my Desert Banana, the DRZ 400S, mm-hmm. um, a super clapped-out SV650 track bike. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've got the PC800, and then I got my free bike. I'm his favorite. Uh, my free bike, it's a Katana 600. Also a oh, great wow. bike. So it, it sat for 10 years, wow. and I was emptying water out of the oil pan and... I uh, just did an iron butt on it in uh, September. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Wow. So I want to do an iron butt. I think you you've been... should do an iron but you would have to get a tire first. Yeah, yeah. Yes. I'm going to do it uh, rather this summer after the tire change. That, that is a great, that is a good goal. I like hearing that too. So, John, cool. you guys were going out riding during the day. Yep. You had all different kind evening. of yep. levels. Anyone get themselves into trouble? Uh, I mean, I I did go down once. Right. Oh, pretty hard. What happened? Good. Stumpy thumped. Go ahead. You were behind me, right? Yeah, I was yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. So we're we're coming back from uh, Hammertown, uh, right. on the highway, just trying to book it back home. Stop. Hammertown. <laughs> no, we were headed out. Actually, oh, headed out. <laughs> oh, right. oh, ah. And Dougie D Glove, um, who's an incredible writer, decides that while we're on the highway doing probably sixty five seventy. He jumps off onto the shoulder. There's like a little two track mm-hmm. and he's just jamming like rooster tailing, just going nuts. So we all kind of follow him. And all of a sudden I'm behind Stumpy and I see both of his wheels lock up and then he disappears <laughs> yeah. over, over in, off the horizon. And I barely got it stopped. Craig came up right behind me and Stumpy is just laid out, not moving. Oh no! Under the bike, and I'm not entirely sure what happened. It kind of looked like maybe when you went off the edge with the the wheels locked up, you kind of, you know, flipped off to the side. For, I don't even remember honestly. But, but I rolled up. He was not moving. And we were going probably thirty, probably thirty thirty five, yeah. but but quick enough. Yeah. And uh, he's not moving, and I'm through my head. I'm like, I should have taken some medical courses because I don't know what to do if he's not. Moving. So the way I heard it, there was like a dip. Yeah, yeah. A, so it's you, a dip you probably saw kink. the dip and like it was pretty gnarly little dip. Yeah, it's yeah. A, it was a dip and a left hand mm. kink. Right, and he, I think Dude. he's pretty lucky he didn't go off into the highway. Yeah. You should have done like a Dukes of Hazard. It would have been different if I saw it. I didn't even see it because yeah. <laughs> my eyes were like looking out oh. ahead. But I could see as I approached, uh, he was doing like a systems check. Like, yeah, that's what it was. Hands, feet, you know, arms, and he got back up and you know kept on riding. So that was. I was inspired. <laughs> yeah, you told me that the bike didn't even take any damage. No, I the, I oh. swear to God, the DRZ is the toughest motorcycle in the so, world. So, well, let's talk about the bike. So, we had at least two DRZ 400s right. out there. Yep. And then what else? Uh, we had Craig was on his uh, 501 right. uh, Husky. How uh, did that do? Oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's probably the best bike out there. Right. Uh, Jim had his 450, uh, his Honda. Yes. And uh, Doug had a 5... EXCF? EXCF, EXCF KTM 500, yeah. yeah. And yeah. then... S- uh, was and, there then, a CRF uh, 300 and then Bill showed Bill? up with three hours. Yeah, yep. Yep. CRF. Yeah. Okay. So it's pretty mixed amount. How, how did the How did Jim's 450 do? 
Because that's a very capable bike. Yeah, it did fine. Yeah, okay. fine. I mean, actually, all the bikes did okay. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, re- I really want to call out Bill, and I wish yeah. he could be here today. He, yeah. he showed up in a street helmet. Exactly. With like a cardo <laughs> attached with, to with it. With like trials tires on his... Tri- yeah, yeah, like I think the stock tires. They were stock tires, yeah. And he kind of shows up. And you know, when you, when you get a group of people together that you don't know, and someone shows up on like, you know maybe not the best bike for the job yeah. yeah but he was all smiles and and i'm not sure he understood just how gnarly some of the terrain he got right. that bike through yeah he did he did a good job yeah he was all smiles and uh doug doug was helping him in the sand a lot he went down a few times i think at the end he was missing one <laughs> rear blinker his bar was bent um he crunched his case i cannot believe he didn't oh i didn't know that yeah the left hand side when we were going through the rocks right he kind of like looped it up and came right down on the side case. Mm. So he, he, he definitely uh, did some damage, but he was all smiles, man. Big so props. I have a question. Ooh. Would you two say that you both came back better riders from that weekend? Oh, undoubtedly. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Every time I go to the desert, I get better. Yeah. I think this, the sand was something that's always been a little bit iffy for me, but just watching, you know, people like uh, Jim, Stumpy, Craig. Doug, yeah. Craig, you know, they, they steer kind of with your feet right. a little bit. Right. And so you don't really do much with the front bar. Nothing. You just keep on the keep on the throttle. Hold it like a toothpaste tube. Exactly. Yeah. And and you just you end up getting into this groove going in, in between sagebrush and you know, you might be doing forty and you'll come across across a road. Because open desert is crisscrossed by roads. Mm. And they cut these roads in with yeah. these big blades, so there's berms on each side. Right. And there were a few times I, I knew I couldn't get it stopped, so I just held it open and <laughs> yeah. you could end up clearing like a two lane road <laughs> without knowing it. And so that was that was a total trip. It was so much fun this time too because of the rain. Um, there was rain before we showed up, and run, but it makes the dirt much more tractionable. Yeah, and uh, it isn't quite as loose as it is, except for that one ravine we went down, which was brutal. Well, that was just clean gravel. It was yeah. like yeah. marbles. Yeah, it was beautiful, but I mean, you're you got up to your axle in gravel. Oh wow! And that was Oof. the only yep. time that I could outride Craig, and I wish he was here so I could give him <laughs> shit for it. But um, yeah, Doug took off. He was like three miles up the canyon. Yeah. We're all just like the fronts locked to lock. And, you know, I don't think anyone fell down. I think Bill was struggling a bit. I think uh, Bill, yeah, Bill fell down once or twice. But, but it you, was mentally draining. Oh, was, know, and physically just. Uh, yeah. if, if you are in the right group of people, I think everyone's riding ability gets raised. Absolutely. Up. If you're in the wrong group of people, it always the riding standard always descends to mm-hmm. the least skilled rider yep mm. <clears throat> well this, with a good group you know everyone benefits and this was the right group because you know you want to ride with people who will ride their ride but also right. wait for you and sort of give you tips along the way and make right, sure everybody's right. safe we did lose bill once though <laughs> that's we, kind of freaked us all out we absolutely lost bill it, for like it, three hours <laughs> but it's funny as much as we bicker me and liza ride incredibly well together and quickly. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I think we... So, yeah, I get it. But that's street riding. I mean, you know, dirt yeah. riding is a different different bowl. So, I don't know how. We took off. We thought Bill was following us. This is the, I think it was like first ride of the day, and we were all like anxious to get going. And we just like booked it across the desert. And what was Bill riding? There's the two, CRF the 300. 300. 300. So, we're we, probably looking for power a little. Yeah. So, we all, we all stopped, and we're like, oh, where's Bill? <laughs> Crap. Crumpled in a wreck somewhere. So it was funny, because Jim is like, okay, let's all stick together, <laughs> and we'll go look for him. I'm like, okay. So, and then, all right, ready, go. And everybody went the different directions. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Jim kind of vaguely gestured towards a bunch of mountains. And he's like, We're, let's meet up at that mountain. And so immediately Doug goes to the left. 
I'm following Jim. I, I I'm follow like, Doug. Yeah, you follow Doug, <laughs> and all of a sudden we're like four miles apart. Right. And then Jim pulls out his little like monoscope, his little like pirate <laughs> eyeglass, and I could see Stumpy and Craig three miles away. Yeah. And so we're like, all right, we'll go meet with them. The moment we start going, they're gone. Yeah. <laughs> you're just like, uh. But so finally, we just went back to camp, and because it was we were getting, I was I was actually really nervous. About and what him. happened to Bill? <laughs> yeah, what happened to Bill? He ended up back at camp. He was fine. He yeah. just he just couldn't keep up. At okay. that at that time, he got better throughout the, the weekend. It was his first ride with us. Well, I think that's what we kind of blew it by by not stopping absolutely. sooner. That's that was one hundred percent our fault. What's great about this type of riding where you have the central, you know, the camping, and you can go ride right. during the day and then just come back at night. Yeah, and everyone can kind of ride there and then ride. set each other on fire. <laughs> that's exactly fire. right. <laughs> well, but John, um, I'm glad to hear that you know you get better each mm-hmm. time. I'm just curious why you didn't use those newfound skills yesterday while you were writing. I did though. What happened? That's some BS. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to stand up myself right now. I've got video. Oh, I sent you the video, so I'm not ashamed of that. So, so okay. (laughs) Scotty and I went on a ride yesterday, um, and you got to know about Scotty. Scotty is a is a phenomenal rider. Um, She was. You know, way into mountain biking and blah blah blah. So here's the video. Um, so we went out past, uh, went out to Highway 25 by Pinnacles. Went further south. There was a loop that that she found that ran out through some farmlands that was a supposedly a pri- uh, public and road. Recall, I've already learned the lesson that don't always follow Scotty. Don't follow Scotty. Scotty will take you places that you shouldn't be. Oh Lord, have mercy. So we rode this phenomenal, like I don't know, ten mile dirt road through farmlands. What are you, wait, hold on. What are you looking at, Emma? <laughs> oh. That's a pretty wide river there, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and I, you, you kind of went off a little bit. I hit a rock, and, oh, it, and it, it threw me to the left. So this is, how, how wide is that river? Probably 20, 30 feet. It's probably about, conservatively, <laughs> right probably, big storms probably two foot two deep. <laughs> so we, so wow. we went right through this amazing ride. It, you know, it was out through farmlands and cows, and it was just absolutely beautiful. Everything is green because of the... Because of the uh, the rains, um, so we show up to this river, and I'm like, Scotty told me like, hey, there's gonna be a water crossing, and okay, we did a ton of that in Pakistan. I'm not super worried about water crossings, but <laughs> oh, clang. and that was oh. like you were five feet from the I bank know. too. I know, I was almost there. I was almost feet there. Across, you made it 28 feet. <laughs> oh. So I made it, you know, two thirds, three quarters across, and so well, let me back up. So we're standing there. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. This thing's moving fast. I mean, there's recent rains. It's not. It wasn't a, a puddle or a creek or a little creek. It was a, like a, almost a river. Also, you were going fast enough that the water raised up over your head. Yeah, but you don't want to go slow and cross the river. <laughs> so, so I watched Scotty. We 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 got off. We walked around. We looked at potential lines. Um, and she took off and blasted through because it's Scotty. And and she got up to the other side. And I'm like, okay, fine. Um, so I stood there for a while and I'm like, okay, I got to do this crap. And, uh, and so I gassed it and I did okay. I got about three quarters through it. And then I did hit, I hit some kind of a rock. Cause I, I think I took a slightly up to the left. Um, and I asked Scotty, what did I do wrong? And she's like, you didn't do anything wrong. So, which is you good. hit a rock. I hit a rock, but I couldn't see anything. Cause she told me you hit a rock. It bounced you to the left into a deep, yeah, into a thing. So <laughs> like deep, yeah, d- depression. So it ended up being, it didn't get over the pipe, but it got up to probably where the carburetor was. So I was a little nervous about that. Ooh, so, um, Jim killed a bike that yeah, way. Yeah. So we tried to start it there, which probably wasn't a great idea, but it wouldn't start. So we finally just literally had to drag it out of the Creek Ugh. and up the bank. And, uh, 
And we were soaked. <laughs> like I'm, we're standing there and water's just gushing into my boots. And it was just, I was, I mean, it was, yeah, it was just, it was horrible. And it's cold. It's like 50 degrees. So I'm like, ugh. So we finally got it up, and I'm like, I'm stuck here. And I told Scotty, like, oh, who's clo- oh, Emma's closest? So my emergency out is calling Emma with, with King Kong to come and get me. And uh, so we got, we drug it up to the top, and and I just set, I left it for a while. It just and it freaking KLR started. That sucker started. Oh, so you were on the KLR. Yeah. Okay. I'm telling you, that thing, it, it's amazing. So I other bikes probably wouldn't have started. But okay. It, and would the, you like and, to know? Would you like to know what would happen if you called Emma on a Saturday for record? <laughs> <laughs> I would, would like you? to think that you would come with with bells on and, oh, and a bow. Sure. And <laughs> oh, sure, I would. <laughs> well, John, and then what happened? So then what happened? <laughs> so that was. I wouldn't call that ne- the water crossing my fault necessarily. I think I did everything basically right, but it's just treacherous crossing water like that. I see. We headed out. <laughs> Don't give me that look. We headed out. Um, we finally hit asphalt, uh, and it was a one-lane road kind of out towards Highway 25. And Scotty was probably, I don't know, half a mile ahead of me. Um, so Scotty's I w- fast. Scotty's very fast. And I, and I knew mm-hmm. I'm not trying to keep up with her. So um, so there was a, a the road came to a slight left, and, uh, and I'm messing along. And, and Scotty took the must have taken the right side lane, which was clear. I took more of an inside line, and as soon as I got into the curve, it's like, boop, everything goes out. Oh, yeah. Now, and hold on, John. <clears throat> Scotty, Scotty did not see me crash. So. Scotty described to me the road condition. Okay. That there was a road, that one side was clear pavement, I just and said the that. other side was mud, and that you took the mud path. I didn't see the mud. <laughs> There it so, is. You took the brown line. I <laughs> took, took the, the brown, brown line, line. Yeah. and my pants showed it. <laughs> so, but I went down hard. It, actually, that was that was probably uh, the one I scared myself the most with because it was um, the bike ended up. I went off. The bike ended up twirling around, and it and it planted into the side of the road into the the mud. And I could not, I could not lift it. It was just caked up, and I'm just like, <clears throat> and it took Scotty like ten minutes to get back. So now I'm thinking, maybe Scotty went down too. We're both screwed. So finally, she came back around, and it took it took every bit of both of us to get that thing off the ground because there's so much mud oh. stuck in there. So dug all the mud out and everything. We were soaking wet already. I had water in my shoes. It was just like ugh. This is adventure riding. What it's supposed yeah, to be? Yeah, I was going to say motorcycling's yeah. fun. Right? Exactly. Yeah. exactly. And then I'd, I'd do it all again tomorrow if I could. But um, freaking KLR, man, sucker started right up. Nothing happened to it. No scratches. Everything was great. So I I, I dodged a bullet there. Well, hopefully you learned more lessons yesterday, and are you an even better writer now? So, so two thumps in less than two, two weeks. Thumps. That's pretty good. Mm. Yeah. So, for different reasons. But um, <laughs> we were we were talking about something, John. I can I can see after the conversation we had earlier, um, why you are hard, finding it a hard decision. John's got too many bikes, don't you? Darling? I do, yeah. Oh, right. And, and because our house, the thing that happened to our house last year, I don't have the space in a garage anymore. Right. So you've got a tent yeah, in the let, back garden. Let, let's get into this, John, because yeah. you sent me a text, and I'm like, oh, no, John's making the wrong I'm just decision. thinking out loud right now. but So tell us what you're doing. So here's my problem. So I, it's a great problem. I have too many bikes. So I don't have a garage, so everything's in this a tent similar to what we have and we, here. We can blame the pink buddy scooter for this problem. No, it's well the Harley <laughs> was another issue too. Yeah. So so what happened what happened was you know, I inherited my dad's Harley that's in Florida. And now we've got the the pink scooter. Um that's gonna be my wife's. So that puts me at six, I think. Um 
part of the problem is is freaking every other month I'm paying registration, which is brutal. I'm carrying insurance for all six, and and I don't really have the the Bergman is actually under a motorcycle cover outside because I just have no more space. So I'm I'm starting to think like I got to call the herd because what am I, I you know? Plus I'm in a rental now, and I don't know if I can just store a bunch of motorcycles in the front yard at a rental. So I'm trying to figure out what to do. And I'm thinking, well, maybe I sell the Triumph, and maybe I sell a DRZ and buy a, buy a newer dual sport bike. And then get the get the Harley back from Florida, so I have a street bike. Then I've got a newer, you know, dual sport, and then I could probably accommodate everything. But I need to figure out something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You told me you're thinking of selling the the Triumph, uh, the eight hundred, yeah, eight hundred Tiger, yeah. and the DRZ, and to get a dual sport. And I said, no, 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 no. I'm, you're yeah. making the wrong decision. I don't want to sell my dad's Harley. I just there's there's Here's emotional the attachment there. I don't the KLR that thing. It's never let me down. I just have a hard time letting go of that. And then, you know, what else am I going to get rid of? I'm not, not going to get rid of the Bergman because I use it around town. I can't sell the wife's scooter. So I, I'm kind of stuck right now. Sell the KLR and keep the Tiger and the DRZ. So you have your road bike and your dirt bike. The problem I have with that is like when we went out yesterday, it was a perfect KLR ride. It was it was through. It was a true dual sport ride with highway. We were going 70, 80. And then we got out to that. So I don't have any other bike that okay, would do I that. Okay, can, I can answer this one well. Okay. So there's different types of rides, different types of bikes that would be perfect for it. What percentage of rides do you do that would call for a dirt bike? What percentage of rides do you call for a larger displacement road bike? What what percentage call for a midsize yeah. dual sport? I think that for all the riding that we do, we all have big like leader bikes. You need a big bike. You need a bike. We're talking about riding down to L.A. Right. You you need a, a bike that can travel. You maybe even like riding to Ohio, right? For vintage. I rode, I rode yeah, a KLR just, to South Dakota and it was fine. Not you're not going to ride that KLR when everyone else is riding leader bikes. Is what? what I'm saying. You want a bike that's matched with what everyone else is riding. Because I mean, when we when me and Liza go down to L.A., so we have we say that, but we haven't done this in yeah, years. But we're doing it. But we're cruising at ninety five hundred. That's our cru- that's our cruising speed. Sure, and you 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 know you need to be. So you tell me where you're going to go, and I'll meet keep, you there. Keep up, otherwise you'll be like Bill. Don't be like Bill. <laughs> I don't know. I got to figure something out. <laughs> right, the KLR is a good backup bike for all the other things. But if you need to get rid of a backup bike, well, the other thing is I use a KLR a lot for commuting. But also, hold on. You said you want to get a dual sport. That's what you're. Your DRZ is. It's a dual sport. But for example, yesterday, there's what, no, I couldn't have ridden the dual, the DRZ all the way to where we what, were going. What do you mean you want a dual sport? You have a DRZ. I'm trying to think about what I can sell to make some money to get what I want. Yes. Well, my suggestion uh-huh. is get rid of the, the Tiger right. and the KLR and replace it with a T7. T7 is always the answer. That doesn't help these guys wanting to go to LA at 90. That, it'll do. I, I rented one when I was in Coda last year on Twisted Road. Mm-hmm. That thing would hold eighty five, ninety, no problem. Hmm. It's it's a sail and it's tall. That's the other problem. There. It'll it'll do. It's got the MTO seven engine that CP two. Tra la la. I mean the uh, and the, the other thing that kind of breaks my heart is the DRZ is actually sorted out now yeah. mechanically. Why don't you sell all your bikes and buy a Kia, <laughs> a Sophia, or a Soul? <laughs> A Sophia. <laughs> That's the best idea I've heard all day. Yeah, sell all of your bikes 
I'm just relinquish any interest in motorcycling at all. <laughs> I mean, it's a first world problem for sure, but I don't know. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah. Is yeah. this an intervention? No, no, no. Sort no, no, of. No, hold on. I believe in having, my personal rule is every bike has to have a distinct mm-hmm. purpose or function. You don't want to have too much overlap, otherwise mm-hmm. it's a waste. You, We've already said that your, your three bikes, three main bikes, do have distinct different different purposes. Um, why can't the scooters live under covers? Those are the ones you go out, th- th- pull a cover off. Also, both of those are, are older, kind of not pristine bikes to begin with. Why can't they live under well, a, a cover? I got to figure I, out where to stuff the Harley. Is I'm kind of reading between the lines. I don't think real estate is a problem. I don't think that keeping motorcycles at a rental is a problem. I'll tell you what I think is the problem. Yeah, He's irked at having to pay all the registration. <laughs> That's the yeah. problem. Well, I mean, yeah, there's yeah, some no, legit... No. no, no, there's some legitimacy to that. I mean, it's... No, I know I'm not that. a rich man, up. and that's, that just adds up. You're right, it adds up. And the insurance, too. Yeah. Okay. No, right, you're rich right. in spirit, John. I I've know, got, I've got this one, John. I'm going to turn around and say, you know what? You're right. Sell the Tiger and sell the DRZ. Mm-hmm. Keep the KLR, and then just see what your needs are. Because then I think you'll find out what kind of riding you really want to do and what you're missing. And then, because you're going to have some big holes in your in your garage. And I think you're going to realize pretty quick, like, oh, I need to get yeah. something more capable. Because, I, I mean, I know you've had big bikes in the past. Because you yeah, had the Ninja Thousand. and Yeah, you had the BMW when we that, first met. Yeah. yeah. I know, the, so go, uh, go ahead and yeah. sell them and then see what your needs are. And then that just opens up. And let me say, I like all those bikes. I, mean, I really like oh, the Tiger. Can I give yeah. you one more suggestion? I really suggestion? like the DRZ. Sell the Tiger and the KLR and get a Moto Guzzi V85 TT Ooh. in the red, white, and blue Ooh. so I can ride it time to time. That's actually not a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> I like the red and yellow. Or something I, like that. I like the McDonald's livery. Yeah, yeah the McDonald's ah. livery. Yes. Yeah, I think that's probably going to be my price range, though. Yeah, I think I think you may be able to find a bike that does. I've got this vision of John riding a V eighty five TT in McDonald's colors, dressed like Ronald McDonald. Ronald McDonald. Well, no, I would do that. I want to. I want to for a second. Oh, Mayor McCheese. <laughs> I want to. Who's wanna, the Hamburglar? Gosh. Yeah, Hamburglar. I see Jim as a ham Hamburglar. Yeah, well, no, exactly. He or grimace. Yeah. He's the grimace more. Oh, but Lies would be the grimace. <laughs> You're the grimace. Dude. Trust me. Um, I'd rather be the grimace than Ronald McDonald. <laughs> um, I want to talk for a second about Gilles and his choice of bike. Because one of the things I said is, dude, you're on the wrong bike. I don't agree. Well, but um, there's more information there. And what I find interesting, so you you started out in, in Quebec, and you've been riding. You rode down to Key West. Yes. Whoa. Right? I... I uh I took the course in September. Yeah, he, he's bought, a new rider. I bought the bike in October, had a few yes. weeks to accessorize and drop it. And uh, and then I left in November from Montreal, and it was really cold. <laughs> and I, uh, I did some test rides. Uh, what do you call these things? The hippo hands? Hippo hands, yes. Yeah, he's got the hippo hands. Those are very important. 
You you have things that heated grips. Yeah, well, we have. Uh, you showed me these plastic covers. Oh yeah, we just put the wind deflectors. Yeah, on wind deflectors. Oh, mm-hmm. well, that's not much for my needs. That and, and heated grips. Well, yeah, yeah. but <clears throat> that's what I found interesting is that this is your first bike. You you just learned how to ride. You buy a bike, hop on, and now you're. How long are you out on the road for? What's your plan? At the end of the week, uh, I'm going to put it in shipping to send it uh, back east and pick it up, put it in storage until uh, I can ride it again in end of March, April. No, so November, we, December. So three months. Have You've we been said, riding three months? Have we said what bike he's on? Kawasaki W800. That's when you factor <laughs> in, so Liza, wow. mm-hmm. when you factor in that Gilles is a new rider. Yeah, so as a new think, rider, this no, is No, I think it's a perfect bike. It is a good bike for a new rider to take on a big trip. But in the winter, and coming from up north, it, for it's me, a, it, it, it doesn't it, it, have it, enough creature comforts. That's why I said no windshield. Right. It'd be nice to have a fairing to hide behind. Yeah, the, some, the, some stuff. The windshield... Uh, would only have helped with uh, fatigue. It wouldn't have helped with the cold yes, because I was very well suited up. I had multiple layers, and my final layer was a full rain suit. So no wind coming up. So my whole maybe my legs but, got but a little cold. But fatigue my, is a big factor. It is a huge factor there. So um, yeah. this is a question we ask a lot of travelers, Gilles, um, because a lot of people are genuinely interested. You've been away from home for three months. Not exactly. Well, have you been working online, or did you just take a sabbatical from work? Or is this a midlife crisis? How do how do you get away from work? For three months, uh, I got somebody to sub for me, and okay. uh, at some at one point, I uh, put the bike in storage and flew home and worked for uh, three weeks, okay. and then came back on a project, and then <clears throat> and then came back. Yes. So, I mean, there's always a way to do it because you know we get a lot of people who take extended trips on bikes. And some have spent the rest of their lives riding bikes. My work is seasonal. Right. And it's, the low point is in the wintertime. Oh, so. are you a good humor man? That's ice cream. <laughs> 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 Seemed obvious to me, no? No. Okay. Well, the listeners, John, the John listeners. is the bad humor man. When you fall yeah. off bikes, John. Why do you always pick on me, Emma? Because I love you. <laughs> so, so you have a, a seasonal job, so that you were able to to do this trip. But I have the big question, because you're not—I mean, you're not young. Can I ask how old you are? Fifty-seven. Fifty-seven. Oh, he's a whippersnapper. And that guy. You decide to learn how to ride a bike and do a trip. What started this? Why? What? How did you get this idea? I. Um I think I think I wanted to be more interesting and have um, uh, do something that interests me. Adventure called. Go, no. Just say it. Chicks love motorcycles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
<laughs> Adventure called. I like that. Well, I, yeah. I think all of us reach a point in our lives, Jill, where you say, is this it? Is this everything? And perhaps something is missing. And, and you think, well, there, there has to be something else. And people choose a lot of things, and people choose a lot of stupid things, and people choose a lot of smart things, like riding motorbikes. I got into a mode of uh, eagerly identifying areas of interest in my life and uh, aiming for them and investing energy and uh, right. make, making decisions quickly. Good. Uh, you know, not knowing exactly what's going on, what, what's going to happen. And, um, <clears throat> yeah, uh, I, I, I saw a bike and I, I thought it was beautiful. Ah, so and, you saw uh, the bike and then thought of the trip? Or you thought of the trip and went to find a bike for it? I, I didn't think of the, uh, the trip. Uh, I had no idea of the trip when I bought the bike. Uh, after after buying the bike, uh, I was also um, uh, looking into skydiving, and okay. my local skydiving company was offering a a deal where you go down to Florida to do the course. Mm. Uh, so I was planning to take the bike to Florida to take the course, the skydiving course. And uh, then store the bike and come back home or something like that. So going down to Florida, I, I started working it out. And then the skydiving thing fell through. The, it was canceled. Oh. But I had all these plans in my head. And I said, well, okay, let's, let's uh, go ahead with that. And so um, I just set out at the end of the November thinking at least, well, I'm going to Florida. And then when I got to Florida, well, how about I just keep going? And I kept going. I like that. Me so it's it really quite spontaneous. That is lovely. Now, this was a new bike, and you're are you mechanically skilled? A little. Okay. I'm a mechanical engineer, okay. and I work as a... Most of the time as a mechanic, but not on engine, heavy machinery, electronics. So you're f familiar with tools and figuring out how things work. Yes. So have you had any problems? Because I don't think most people, th I don't think people think of the W800 as a touring bike. How has it been holding up? Has there been any issues? Uh, while I was in uh, Montreal, having just bought the bike, I went on practice runs. And on one of these runs... I, uh, setting out from stop, I put in a little too much power and I was turning at the same, the same oh, time and yeah. I slipped yep. and it wasn't a big deal, but it was enough to break. Uh, well, the, uh, one of my handles, uh, right. the levers, levers, yes. one of my levers. Oh, no, the perch. Got. Not got, the lever, the perch broke. Okay. Yes. So mm. the, the, the lever uh, touched the asphalt and that forced it to break the perch. Yes. And so I uh, went on the internet and I found out that there are levers with an extra articulation. Yeah, yes. like the CRG levers that hinge up. And so that's one of the modifications that I managed 
to achieve before leaving Montreal. And I thought that was prudent because I don't want to get stuck again. No, of course not. So I installed yeah. it, but in doing so, I misadjusted the cable for the clutch. Oh. Mm. And when I got to uh, Baltimore, in Baltimore, I was in uh, stop-and-go, very slow oh, traffic no. for like 15 minutes. And when I got out of it, the clutch was practically finished. Oh. And Ooh. I managed to get it to a repair shop, a dealership. And they figured out that my cable was misadjusted. And just adjusting the cable got me back practically uh, all my clutch. Mm -hmm. And um, so, well, I thought, well, I hope this lasts for the rest of my trip. But by the time I got to Texas, the clutch uh, eventually completely died. And uh, I, it was around Christmas time and New Year's and all that. So it was difficult to find people to uh, ship parts, find parts, ship parts, mm. work on the bike. It was really hard. And I, so I had a, a week there in Texas. And uh, I, I put I'm my... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I put... Hey, there's a good barbecue there. Depends on where uh, you're at. In Corpus cool. Christi. Yeah. Okay. Bar barbecue yeah, clutch, too. Yeah. And <laughs> I, I, as soon as I found someone to order the parts, and I found someone to install the parts, and I said, okay, all I got to do is wait. And I said, I'm not waiting here. So I got on a plane, and I went to Vegas. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> and I rented a bike, and I uh, uh, went to the uh, uh, around Vegas yeah. is is a wonderful, all uh, very wonderful places yeah, to ride right. on bikes, mountains and parks yeah. and what, the what, dam. What did you rent? Yamaha FJ9. Oh, Ooh. that's a good bike. All right. Yeah. And I I really appreciated the difference with the W800. Right. Now that would be the right bike to yes. tour. Yeah. What made you choose a W800? It's it a beautiful would, bike. It's, it's not, yeah. beautiful. That's why. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about the W800 because uh, some of our listeners... I think a lot of people won't know what it is. They won't know what it is. So the W800 um, is a retro-style model from Kawasaki, which was styled basically as a dead copy of the W650 from 2000, right. which was styled after the Kawasaki W2... Of the mid sixties, which, which was, was a copy of a BSA A ten, right? So you know that's the lineage. It's a bevel gear and all that, right? Well, here's we come to the clever stuff. From a visual standpoint, the W eight hundred's got a, a great deal of appeal to a fifty seven year old gentleman. <clears throat> There's a lot of chrome on it. It's a very traditionally styled. I re I always put it in the the W six fifty in the same category as the GB five hundred, right? Retro style bike that wasn't a huge success right because it was a copy of an older british bike but had cult success it had cult success and that was largely that's what phil bought last year yeah right? uh, yeah and that's yeah. why i was really surprised when they came right. out with the w800 i'm like whoa but in from a mechanical standpoint it's a very very interesting bike and something of an ego trip from kawasaki because hmm. you know kawasaki I've said this many times before, and I'll say it again. Of the four Japanese manufacturers, Kawasaki is the Datsun of the motorcycle world. The, 
like a Datsun, it's quick, quite cheaply made, not always in the best possible taste, but fun, fun on a bun. And that's what Kawasaki's are. Um, let, and, the, let the good times roll. Right. And they, they really live it. And yet here's this slightly conservatively styled retro bike with a bevel drive camshaft. Mm-hmm. And it's like, wait a minute, mm-hmm. where did this come from? So I have a suspicion there was a lot of engineers in Kawasaki who were approaching retirement so and you- said, uh, can we do this? <laughs> Retirement is the key word for me because <laughs> I keep imagining that this is the perfect bike for a retired Japanese man. <laughs> I have a suspicion that's its target audience. But they're, they're charming bikes. They really are. I think it's a, it's a great choice. And they do have quirks, as you find out with your back tyre. It's got a very unusually sized rear tire. Yeah, so let's talk about that for a second because Gilles asked you to check out the tire, see how it looked, and you're like, it's done. Yes. And he, he wants to try and get... Your pneu est mort. Get another week of riding out of it. Well, ah, you... How bad, how bad is it? I didn't look at it. <laughs> oh, it's bad. Yeah. Oh, really? I'm more interested yeah. in miles than time. And I'll say I have twice in my life, including just a few weeks ago, had a tire that I knew was close to then. I thought I could make it to find out that when it's done, it rapidly deteriorates yeah. and you were down to threads and a dangerous situation very quickly and of course more so on the kawasaki because it has tubes within mm-hmm. so it's tubeless no it can't be it can't be tubeless the tire may say it's, it's tubeless, spokes, right? yeah. but it's it's a spoke trim there are tubes in there i researched it i was pretty convinced from my research that it's uh tubeless we're gonna oh i haven't got I'll my phone right with me look it up right now it's very clever technology if it is but tubeless. It, yeah. Again, from my experience, when you get down to where it's low enough, it rapidly, It'll just go rapidly deteriorates. And now you put yourself into a dangerous situation. So I don't advise on trying to make it unless you're just trying to make it home. But even when I was on the KTM and I got the flat and I knew that the tire needed to be yeah, replaced soon, but just running a low tire... I started seeing threads, and I'm like, well, we're just going to limp it into town. By the time we got to town, I had threads all the way around. And it was like, and that was just going like six miles. Before the podcast, I went to have coffee with uh, the guy that you met, uh, Dick Hanover. Yeah, on the Buell. Yes, and he's uh, very knowledgeable about uh, bicy- uh, motorbikes. He's ah. got a lot of experience. Yes, and uh, he was uh, the whole practically the whole time we were there with uh, having coffee. He was on the phone, uh, posting on Facebook, trying to get help and calling uh, Gear. There's a shop called Cycle Gear. Ge- Cycle Gear. Yeah, calling Cycle Gear for tires and calling dealerships to see who was out because we're Sunday and we're hoping- Super Bowl Sunday too. There's no way. Well, and also I want to say, Emma, you informed us that that rear wheel is special. Well, I mean, it's 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 an odd size. It's a 130-80-18. This is the only bike with this size, right? Pretty much so now. Nobody would have it in stock. Yeah, everything's gone to 17 so inch. Did you find anything? Did you find anything? Well, I, I, we, uh, I've got a plan. So okay. uh, Monday morning, I'm going to be making some phone calls. We found 
a suitable alternate, uh, 120. It's uh, going to be a little small, but it'll do. Dick says that um, there are W650 owners that put on 120 in order to do off-road hmm. better. And I, I trust them completely. Okay. So Monday morning, it, it, it's either I'm lucky and Monday I, I've got it all lined up and I get it replaced, or I think worst case it'll happen Tuesday because there's this thing in the U.S. where a lot of shops... Bike that, shops are closed on Monday. On Tuesdays yeah. to Saturday. Yep. Yeah. Because they used to race on weekends. Yeah. I'm glad to hear that you have a plan in place because I'd hate for you to get into a dangerous situation that I myself have put myself in twice. Yep. So I like to say, where, I have where are you headed to next? Well, San Francisco, you said, right? San Francisco, yes. I, I'd like I'd like to go a little north of San Francisco. Uh, the W800 groups on Facebook have been uh, very supportive of my trip. I post photos oh, cool. and people enjoy uh, following me. And when I had that mechanical problem, they uh, uh, offered a lot of advice, very helpful advice. And two people on Facebook in this area, including Dick Hanover, offered to um, have coffee or whatever. So I've got uh, north of San Francisco is one of those people that I want to uh, meet. So San Francisco, north of San Francisco, and then... If I have a working bike, I'd like to go down the Pacific coast really close. uh, The one I'd like to ride the one. We're on the one. (laughs) This actually is, you know, the highway one is just up the way, but from, from Santa Cruz to San Francisco, it's, it's beautiful. It's quite rugged. So I'm looking at the schematic that you showed me. There's there's tubes on the schematic. I know, yeah. There there can't be unless it's a very specific. Mm-hmm. I just looked up at the Kawasaki yeah. website. It's yep. got tubes. It's got tubes. And the reason it has to have tubes is because it is a spoke tire, a spoke rim. Unless they move the spokes outboard, yeah, like, like BMW did of the tire bead. Yep. There's no way of sealing them. It's yeah. one of the quirks. I mean, they have that tape wheels. you can put on there, but it's not great. Yeah, but no, it's, uh, no. Kawasaki. Well, yeah. I'm going to do that. I guarantee you. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's not the end of the world. It's just wherever you take it. Oh shit! I've been riding yeah. bikes with tube yeah. tires for forever. Little top. My Jag developed a leak in one of the rims because it's got chrome rims on it. Mm. Because Americans do things like that, <laughs> and um, it got porous, and mm. I couldn't seal it, so I put a tube in it. <laughs> the on this W eight hundred, does it have fuel injection or carburation? Fuel injection, ABS. Okay. Um, what else? No o- oil cooled. I think that I got into motorcycles just at the right time. Yeah. There's fuel injection. Yes. ABS. Yes. GPS. Smartphones. Yes. All that traction together. control. Yeah. Uh well. I guess on some bikes, yes. You know, technology is um, really helping. Yeah. Certainly people who are just starting out in the hobby. And you can elevate yourself into being a good rider by using the technology very, very early on. But I agree with you because bikes now, they're very, very clever. Um, and they, they, they really are fun to ride. 
Well, this actually perfectly parlays into uh, a question I had for the group. And, you know, considering that this, this W800 is, it's technically, it's an upgrade from the old W650. Well, it's got fuel injection. Fuel injection, right. They had to go to <clears throat> 800 because the new uh, fuel and anti-pollution regulations so Europe, in Europe, Europe uh, yeah. in order to keep the same horsepower, they had to... Right. Raise the um, displacement. Displacement. Well, and a lot of people are talking about the uh, the GS thirteen hundred that just came out, which is kind of shocking. The twelve fifty was only here for what two years, right? Mm-hmm. Like that was like what? I mean, they made a big leap from the from the well, you had the eleven eleven fifty, and then a big leap to the twelve hundred, a lighter bike, it was air cooled, more though. powerful. Then you had the twelve, and air then oil. for a long time, and then twelve fifty. Mm-hmm. Now the thirteen hundred. So my question to the group is, what bikes? are ready for an upgrade. Bikes and scooters. What bikes out there are long overdue that that need an upgrade? I mean, the first one that comes to mind is a DRZ 400. Yeah, of course. Mm -hmm. Right? Another gear, fuel injection, that thing would sell like hotcakes. Well, exactly. And, you know, you could argue that anything Uh with a carburetor, really. Yeah, yeah. are are we there where it's like, yeah, I mean, you know, they need to go by the wayside, not least because there's so few people who can work on them anymore. Um, mm-hmm. And so there's the DRZ400, there's the DR650, and there is the... Uh, 450L, the, or 650. 650L. Yeah, the, yeah, the, the XR650L. XR650 yeah. Those are three bikes I mean, sadly that the KLR out. didn't get a sixth gear, which it should have got. But even, yeah, the KLR got an, a small upgrade, Small upgrade, really, like fuel injection, what, ABS. Better like, electronics, too. Right. Electronics, but not a huge, so it didn't become an expensive bike. One of the reasons that they keep these old models unchanged is cost. Absolutely. Uh, and availability of parts, and yeah. right? Would well, you and, like to know that the oldest right now... I, I know this. I was going to ask the question. Let me just say, let's listen... What do you guys think? Because I know Emma knows the answer. Is the oldest and I'm going to stay bike out. in production unchanged? Completely unchanged. I think the uh, interesting fact: the statistics are that few and fewer people are riding motorcycles, and those that are are older. So the uh, that's what the bikes we're getting today uh, so, more expensive and, and you may not have as much knowledge as all the bikes but josh john you uh, want to take a shot what is X- the xr650 good guess that's been around a long time right. a like long long 88 time. or something 87? yeah well i mean it was xr600 and then it becomes 650 that is not the longest can you guys think of anything uh, longer pw50 that is a really good guess too and that was the one i thought i was like does that really oh. need an upgrade? I, I mean, don't know I don't much, so. but I would expect it's something in the Harley-Davidson family. No, Harley-Davidson is always doing upgrades. And they change, they do a lot of arbitrary changes. You know, Harley-Davidson are great at having two or three basic platforms and making tons of different stuff out of it and you'll get people you know oh i'm really proud you know i've got a switch back and i've got this and i've got this and it's basically it's all either they're all either soft tails dinos or sportsters is it the uh oh, i'm thinking the what's the big wheel honda or yamaha t200 
TW200? TW200. Good guess. No. And we know of a lot of models that go like 30 years, right? That happens a lot. So, Do you know what TW no. stands for? Trailway. There you go. Well done. Because that's so, what it used to be called. We are talking... Super Cub? 76 years old. 76 years old? 76. So we're 1948. Super Cub. We're still on the same page, right, Emma? Yeah. Nope. Still on the same page. 1948. Nope. Super Cub. There's a new a Super Cub right now. <laughs> nope. 1948. Still in production. Unchanged. Can we... Uh, oh, uh, the... Him- continent? Uh, the, uh, yeah, the Royal Enfield. Can we... Can we the Himalayan. No, the or bullet. The, or the bullet, yeah. The bullet. The bullet, yeah. Exactly. The, unchanged since the, Unchanged. Push rods, everything's the same. Yeah, Four, everything's wait, the I same. Thought, I thought the bullet was over with. No, the bullet, the, no. it's still in a very Asia. limited production. However, mm. Asia. however, here in America, the V-Star 250 mm. is completely unchanged no, since 1983. Yeah, Craig just picked up some of them, didn't he? Wow. And they run quite badly <laughs> when they're new wow. because I've had to lean them out and lean them out and lean them out. Um, and thankfully, I've got the fix for it, so I get a lot of them at the shop. So let me ask this question: Why does a brand need to do an upgrade? Well, uh, we just you just said for like emissions and government requirements is one reason, right? Right. Two to stay relevant. But if it's still and, selling, and, it's relevant. No, to stay relative, relevant and competitive when you're. Competitors are out selling you. That's another right. reason. Keeping up with the Joneses. Well, yeah, yeah. That, but that's, that's the thing with, with the, the Joneses. With the dual sport world, relevance is relevant. <laughs> yeah, but you actually, the things that were important to you when you bought your bike, and you listed them for us, ABS, uh, GPS technology, modern accoutrements for your bike, traction control, fuel injection. So uh, here's, here's what I'll throw one out. Uh, I think is it, they call it the is it the S forty Suzuki what, yes. the Savage became the S forty. Was there any change the other than paint? Sauvage. Was there any change other than no? Paint? Is it still the same bike? A a thumper cruiser. Yes. Basic simple bike. Do you think that that's ready for a an upgrade? I think it's ready to be dropped. To Ooh, be honest with you, okay. I mean, it's, yeah, it's it's another thing, but I think the market for it is getting thin now. Bagel, in your world, when was the last time, when did the Vespa 300, because that was a big leap, right? When did the 300 come out? Well, the, the 300 came out in 2010. It, it has had a few minor upgrades since then. I think in 20, was it 2015, they came out with ABS model, and then in 2018, or 2019 they came out with the hpe version so it's like little like tweaks and changes you know boosting the performance and adding features and things like that but really the the platform itself has not changed and in fact that platform goes back to 2004 with the gt200 Mm. so you know they've increased the engine size over time but the the platform is largely been unchanged for 20 years now so i had a gts 300 at mototown this week ah yes with fuel injection problems which i sorted Mm. for the gentleman however it was a virtually brand new bike and um very very nice flat metallic blue reminded me of a dyson vacuum cleaner (laughs) very sort of high metallic low gloss 
sort of finish. Um, But you could see the age in the platform, you know, Mm -hmm. even though we'd got LED lighting and, you know, it it was obviously a brand new bike, but you stand back and look at it. Hang on, this is quite an old platform. Yeah, and and there are some some shortcomings to it. Just like in the in the the room that you have for your feet on the floorboards has never been very good with that model. You know, I've 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 been waiting for a long time for them to redesign it to make it you know a little bit more ergonomic and a little bit more comfortable. Um, but they haven't done that yet. I I don't know. You know, if they have plans to do that. Their Vespa's 80th anniversary is coming up in two years. Maybe they're working on a new model to release then. Who knows? So we'll see. Let me ask you this. If they announce a GTS 400, are people oh, going to flock to buy that? I would be I would be waving my money at the front door the day that they got them in. Yeah. <laughs> now, do For you 400, think, hell yeah. Do you think they will stick as time goes on? Do you think they'll stick with singles or do you think they're going to go to multis? They're going to go to twins like a roomie? Well, here's here's the thing that <clears throat> I'm I'm really kind of disappointed that Vespa has not done more with electrics. And I think I think that the Vespa platform really could lend itself well to electrics if they did it right. Um, but I think it's gonna it's gonna require a a purpose built model that is electric and from to be built from the ground up. Um I don't. I don't have any knowledge about what they're doing behind the scenes or what they're working on. But I would hope that they're working on something like that because I really think that if Vespa could could build a full size, uh, a full size scooter model that's electric that could do electric touring, I think that would be that would sell like hotcakes. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna go out and say, and I'll ask each of you if, if you can like nominate a bike and why. I'm going to say that I think the bike stands out the most to me of of really, I think, would benefit from having an upgrade would be the, we mentioned the XR650L. I don't really see its purpose in life anymore, right? You can get the CRF if you want a trail bike that's pretty decent, has lots of perks. Um, But it's competing with like the Tenere 700, the 690 Enduro, the Husky 701, it's in it's that, not really competing against. It's competing it against be. the KLR and the DR. But Honda should be in that market, is what yes. I'm saying. Yes, mm-hmm. they're not. That bike, make that you know the the what the XR seven hundred right L. Do they have a, they have a injection motor? and ABS and seven hundred twin motor a parallel? No. The the Hornet's uh ah uh, the engine in the Hornet that's a eight hundred yeah twin so they could step it down. So, I mean, yeah. other than when you, what do they have in that realm? Well, they have the just announced. Um, um, not, well, the Transalp. The Transalp. That's not really the same as this is much more dirt, potentially dirt oriented. So that's what I nominate. I'm, I'm ready to see that bike get an overhaul and be competitive with all these other mid sized, you know, enduro dirt bikes. Is Harley still making the 883? Yeah, I think so. And the old school. Air cooled, or is it the new the new air uh, water cooled engine? Ooh, that's a very good question. We that, need to have a look at the twenty twenty four Harley range. Yeah, that would be to a, answer that. That would be set for an upgrade for sure. Well, while you look that up, I see a lot of good in the eight eighty three. A lot of people pan them and they say they vibrate and they're slow, but they're okay. You know, while you're looking that up, Emma, what do you want to see upgraded? What do you think uh, is due? You know, I've already said it. <clears throat> and, uh, and I want to make make it clear that 
I love all bikes. Every single bike on the road brings something to the table. Um, but that S40, that Suzuki, it's it's done. It really is. Well, I don't I don't see a huge market for it now. It's it's, a, it's it, not like you can upgrade a thumper too much, right? right. It's or, a, do you, or do you like the motor and just upgrade everything else? Well, the motor the motor has its roots with the DR650 previous generation that's detuned. Um, it's a 650 with a performance of a 250. Could um, it be an 800? Wasn't there the Dr. Big? Was that an 800 thumper? Theoretically, yeah. The Dr. Big was an 800 thumper. So what if the S40 became a 800 thumper? That could be With kind fuel of... fuel injection. A new yeah. Dr. Big would be amazing. Uh, you but, yeah, wouldn't see a new Dr. Big? But I, I would worry, though, because, you know, Kawasaki came out with the new four-cylinder 400, and everyone was foaming at the mouth over that. But it, it hasn't really sold that well. So well, I, be, think- I think a lot of people are scared of the complexity. And, you know, back in my, back in my day, when I was a whippersnapper, <laughs> you had a choice of so many 400cc. I have a question for you. 400cc four-cylinder Back bikes. in your day when you were riding. Dinosaurs. Did you just go right through all the horse poop or did you have to maneuver around we it? We kicked it. We kicked it at our enemies. Okay. So Harley only has three Sportsters on its website, and they're all that uh, 975. So no. there you go, tralala. So yeah. no 883. Um, but no, if you go back to the late 70s, early 80s, you could buy um, mid-70s Honda 404, lovely jubbly. Mm-hmm. Suzuki did the GSX 400F, which was a darling little thing. Um, not the quickest, but it sounded great. Looked like a little katana. There, you know, there was a slew of these Fuji, um, Italian ones, and everyone's oh, four cylinder bikes are dead. Small four cylinder bikes, you know, the twin is king. Right. And then Kawasaki came out with a four, and I think it's it, it's an amazing little platform, and it revs to what eighteen thousand, twenty thousand. <laughs> it's it's heavily detuned for the U.S. market, though. Well, so of course, they always are. That could be port. fixed. Yeah. So I'm unclear. What are you nominating? I am nominating the S40. Which is not a four-cylinder. No. The single. The single. Okay. The S40. And what do you want to see them do to it? I would love I would love them to go back to their roots, Dr. Big, do a fuel-injected 800 Cruiser single yeah. with really updated styling. Really Kinda updated cool. styling. You know, something along the lines of a Rebel. Be using the Dr. Big engine with fuel injection. And at the same time, the other stinker, which you know I love them, but the DR650 is getting so fucking long in the tooth. Yeah. Ah, so same so, engine in both. Slightly higher oh, slightly higher there. tune on the engine, almost like the original DR Big specifications. Yeah. Again with fuel injection as a dirt bike. It'd I like be that. a no brainer. It's a twofer. How much heavier would that motor be? You no, know, it's lighter. Uh, it's lighter. See, I don't know why the KLR didn't, they, Kawasaki didn't put a twin, that twin in there, the 650. So, so what do you want to nominate, John? Well, I'd like to see the, well, I like, I like the, yeah, the DR or the KLR. I like the KLR. Wait, the KLR already had an upgrade. No, it's not good enough. What, oh. they, what they need is they need to put huh. that Ninja 650 motor into the KLR, make it 
dirt capable. Well, that would make Hold it on, a that's KLE. A couple, that's will, a different bike completely. That yeah, would make it a KLE. That's what it needs. It needs six, it needs six gears in that twin motor. Because you, you know that Europe oh. got that bike yeah. back in the day. I know. You know well, they, they could, had the KLE 500. They could put the Versus engine in there. Yeah, still that's why, it's the same engine, isn't it? Yeah. No. Well. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, it's still, still a 650 then. Yeah. But. Wow. I like I like the 650 class. I think there's. So you just say I don't. Uh, that would compete then with the. Can you you, you make, could bump it to a seven and compete with the ten or a seven then. I'm. You know what? I'm. I'm making the rules up as we go along. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to say that do. doesn't qualify because I think something at the heart of a model of a bike is how many cylinders it has. If you're changing the cylinders, you're changing the bike completely. Well, right. That's true. So to say, oh, I think they should take the KLR and put a twin in it. I think you're making a completely different bike. Well, maybe the KLR needs to go by the wayside. I, I love the <gasps> KLR. And Gilles, actually, is a perfect mm. example of knowing that. KLR's great. It's 30 the, years old. Well, hold on. What 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 engine is in the W800? Twin cylinder. But it's different from everything else. It's heavy, though, right? Do you think that would be a good bike, a good engine no. to throw into? No, no. I, don't think, I don't think it's that kind of engine. No, it's okay. not. No, I don't think it's that kind of engine. It's a it's it's a great engine for what its yeah, purpose exactly. is. It's a quirky little mechanically sophisticated, very quiet running, very smooth running. It's just a charming little engine, but it ain't a powerhouse. So well, here, what am I missing here? Doesn't Kawasaki have a dual area, a small adventure bike that would be a no? Twin? They have the KLX. No, they don't. They the Versus is the closest. That's not a real adventure. No, bike. it's not. That's why I'm saying they need, they really need they, something. They that, could adapt that motor into they could. an adventure bike, which doesn't make sense why they haven't done that. I don't yet. know why they. Don't. Hold on. What what is Kawasaki's adventure bike? It's the Versus. That is not an adventure bike. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, they, I mean they even sort of market it that way, which is it's odd, not. but it's totally not. So the KLR is the only Kawasaki exactly. adventure bike right now. Yeah. Whoa. Big big hole in their lineup, and they don't have. Uh, so you go from wow. the you go to the KLX 300 to the KLR. And that's it. There's no 450 street legal. There's nothing. I mean, so they really need to fill some holes there. All right. So you're nominating KLR. Well, I don't know. The other thing I would potentially nominate is the XT250 needs to be upgraded also. Yamaha has a hole okay. in, the, in the low end. Yeah. So they've got the WR450. Right. But nothing street legal now. They used to be street legal. They're not street legal anymore. So they got a hole in the dual sport kind of world also. Right. And yeah. the XT250 is a charming little bike. It is. But I, it's, it's woefully underpowered. Yeah, they need to just do what they did to the KLX300 to it. Just upgrade it. Make it a little more powerful, a little taller, and a little more capable. Yeah. All right. So, Josh, what do you think? What do you want to nominate? <clears throat> Mine doesn't make a lot of sense because I think it's ah, based mostly, mostly it on apart. nostalgia. But All right. Those are someone, the best kind. As someone who loves going to the track, it kills me that... Jixer oh. 750s are completely unchanged. Mm. Mm. They don't have ABS, traction control, anything. And they're they're basically The new just, ones don't have any of that? No, they're unchanged. Wow. And Since it's 2013, I believe. 2012, 2013, yeah. yeah. And, wow. And to me, that... Bike should be a point of pride for Suzuki because the GS- GSXR750 kind of opened the floodgates for the sport bike world, right? Oh, no, the world changed. When uh, the Jixxer 750 yeah. came yeah, out, it, did, yep. so, it changed the world. So to me, I, I wish Suzuki would put on their, their big boy pants and get some pride in their product and update it. And I, is the industry is, at a point where they're like, 
that's not worth it anymore. Well, you, you see a lot of the you see a lot of the manufacturers filling the void left by the 600 class with parallel twins, right? Which are fine, like the the Aprilia six mm-hmm. six. Uh, what's the the, yeah, the 660. 660. Yeah, the Triumph has yeah. the 690. Yeah, and yeah. they're they're very popular on the track, but they don't have the top end for really fast track riding. You still see people on on Jixxer uh, 600s, 750s, CBR 600s, R6s, but mm-hmm. those are all going by the wayside. Now, doesn't a lot of this is is really controlled by the racing and the R you know R and D coming out of that? So they're not racing the 750s, right? No. No, and, but they're racing the 600s, the well, Supersports. Right. And so, broadly, I'd like to just see the 600 class updated. But with emissions, those really small four-cylinder yeah. engines are really hard to get to pass emissions. That is true. Which is why they're going to you know, uh, twins, because there's a bigger combustion chamber. They can better mm-hmm. control heat. Because the big, the big Jixxers are all modern... Mm-hmm. The yeah. the leader bikes they they got everything but so you're saying they've left I think they left it behind because there is no racing there's no development there there's no development and and frankly I think a big part of it's just emissions are so expensive to hit on those small engines and I could be totally wrong but it, no I think you've got a valid point and I think the mistake Suzuki made um, and they made it a long long time ago was making the 750 and the 600 essentially the same bike right mm. and so when the 600 market went away it really ravaged the 750 market as well because they were considered interchangeable bikes so i think it hit them a lot harder than maybe the other manufacturers and i mean maybe the only reason they're still doing it is because of a, the right. cla- the class but i'm as annoyed with them as you are josh because to me the jixa 750 it's it's the it's the pivotal race rep bike. Aren't we almost to the point where it could be a retro? Yes, you could. You know, because they have all these <laughs> oh. modern retro bikes. The Jixxer 750 could be a modern retro. So, well, well, that you... Yamaha, the, the GP. Oh, yeah, the one they just showed. Yeah, 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 yeah that yeah. thing's beautiful. Not coming to the US. So, Josh, no. here's an idea Stupid. for a Jixxer 750. All the modern accoutrements with the ABS traction control, everything. And you do it in old slingshot colors. Yeah. And you can even do it with round headlights with a little nostrils either Slab side sides. of it. Slabby maybe, but in retro colors, you know, and do some, you know, do the, you know, the sack stickers on it, everything. The problem is, I think in the U.S. market, I don't think people would buy a 750. I think they want leader bikes or they, nothing. And that's where the nostalgia comes in, yeah. right? The 600 class is kind of dead. Like new yeah. riders, because yeah. in the... Late look, 90s, early 2000s, a new rider would jump on a 600. Exactly. Well, and, and look how well the 400s are performing now. I mean, the oh. Ninja 400 is... Oh, there are, there are people at the bike. top end of A-class passing leader bikes in the corner on a Ninja 400. I believe it. Yeah. It's amazing. I mean, look what Yamaha did. They, they still did the R6, but only for track. Yeah. And the R7 is also a pretty competent track bike, too. So It's a twin, though, right? It's a twin. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. That's where the nostalgia comes in. Yeah. I miss... Can't rev it out. Like in ten or fifteen years, you might not hear that really high pitched uh-huh. whine of a of a six hundred four cylinder screaming around. Oh, it's like a banshee. I yeah. mean, it's yeah. There's nothing like the sound of a small capacity before being wound out. Nothing like it. Interesting. Now, Jill, as a newer rider, do you have a do you have a bike that you would like to see have an upgrade? Do you have an opinion here? 
no, no, I only care for my own bike and everything else. <laughs> That's is, a good uh, answer. You just want them One to woman move, get right rid there. of that tall pipe on the scramblers. I, I, I don't understand how anybody <clears throat> can stand having anything else but what I have. It is unacceptable. <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's very smart because it, it's like you're married. Yeah. And it's you're the honeymoon. Saying, yeah, I, I'm you, guessing you're it's in the, the honeymoon. Honey, you're in the honeymoon period, Jill. Yes. Yes. I, I, I'm guessing that. I'm, I'm in denial, maybe. No, not at all, darling. Not at all. The W800 is a fine motorcycle. And I. What have we got? Oh, Emma. It's a great no, motorcycle. No, no, no. Emma, this is that behind the scenes thing. You're not supposed to talk no, about No, I know. I'm saying nothing. <laughs> May I offer one <clears throat> sort of general upgrade for the entire industry that I'd like to see? Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. Let's hear so, it. Three wheels. Every. <laughs> oh, God, no. <laughs> Now, my collarbone couldn't take that. Um, you know, you see these new releases of bikes every year. You know, you see it with the GS where they went up to the 1300. The 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 KTM adventure bike is, what, 1390 now? Mm-hmm. All these bikes are yeah. getting more and more powerful, bigger and crazier. But since you brought up the KTM... <clears throat> The 990 is back, but the 990... That's middleweight. That used to be the, the 990, big yeah. crazy? 750 used yeah. to be a big bike. Became the, yeah, the 1090 and the 1190 and the 1290 and 1390. Wow. Now I think the 690 has become the 990. Well, the, the thing that's like... <laughs> I, and I get it that it's just a natural progression. That exactly. You want bigger, you want more power. But at some point, for 90% of riders, no one's going to be able to put down 160 horsepower exactly. knobbies. What I want to see, in which I, I would love to just go into a board meeting in one, <laughs> one of the big threes... I don't want more power. Make it lighter. Exactly. Shave, shave some weight off of it. And it's just crazy to me that that's not something, you know, outside of the dual sport realm where they're squeezing out crazy powerful, very capable bikes mm-hmm. in a lightweight package. I think it keeps a lot of new riders away. Like even the Ninja 400, it's it's not a super light bike. Though mm-hmm. that drives price up. To be light, you have to pay. It's expensive. It is. However, I would also argue that the R&D to develop these these bigger motors that are emissions compliant, it's expensive too. So they I just sell, want they sell more though. Yeah, yeah, and if you have a bike where the end product, so we know that a liter bike, the price point's about eh, 12, 15 grand for a, for a cheap end liter bike. And there is profit margin in that. If you're 400, what's the price point for a 400? These I think days? it's like seven. There ain't as much profit in no, that. So you've got more money. And you can't you've, push that price any higher because people won't buy them. No, exactly, yeah. because it's very, very competitive. Mm-hmm. It's like we 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 know that your 400, yes, I've got seven grand in my pocket. I can get a 400. Well, if you want a lease bike, you need a lot more money. So there's a lot more money coming in. The profit mm-hmm. margin is higher. There is more to spend on R&D. And, you know, to a company like Kawasaki... Where it's just a very, very small arm of a bigger company, maybe it's not as important. But Suzuki, I've said this before, if somebody was to say to me within five years, Suzuki are going to stop making motorcycles, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Or stop importing motorcycles into the States. I really wouldn't be surprised. It would absolutely break my heart. But of the four, I think Suzuki are the shakiest in terms of where they're going to be in five years. Um, What's funny, though, they're the ones at the AIM Expo. 
Yeah, I know. It's not weird. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> but and one thing to point out, because uh, you're saying they keep going bigger, bigger, and bigger. But let's use the, the BMW as an example, right? Because we've watched it go up in like fi- increments of 50 cc's. It gets lighter. The 1200 was lighter than the 1150. The 1300 is lighter than the 1250. It gets lighter. So they're going bigger. But they're, but they're using going, better materials. Yeah. yeah. But we've already established bigger doesn't necessarily mean more power. Right. Bigger right. means that you can maintain the power with stricter emissions yes. control. Bigger engine gives you a bigger combustion chamber. And if you have a bigger combustion chamber, you are able to control the temperatures within that combustion chamber. Mm. All modern bikes, the, the combustion chamber temperatures would put the fear of God into a 1950s engineer. They would actually have mm. kittens. If you were to talk about the, <laughs> the combustion chamber temperatures we have now mm. in 2024 compared to what they were running in the old British bikes in the 50s, you just blow the head clean off a BSA. Well, and, and you, one of the reasons they do this is because it sells bikes. People want the, oh, bigger, bigger, bigger is better, which is why, did you realize, and we brought this up earlier, Yamaha has announced they are coming out with the new and improved PW51. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you Actually, wigg- but you were like, I'm going to go get one. Yeah, you wiggled my jimmies there. That wasn't fair. <laughs> I did hear a rumor of a new DRZ in 25. Yeah, really? Is, yeah, I just read it before. Yeah. Mm. Someone, oh, I hear a car alarm. Yeah. Is somebody trying to break into your vacuum? No, no, no. Well, um, I, I have to, well, I want to get to a bunch of emails because there are some topics that are coming up. But the first one. This is uh, this is one is coming from our friend Ian, and he sent it. Oh, Ian Vanek, uh, Howardian, How Howardian, and he sent it audio, and he says, "Hey, Liza, um, attached. I sent an audio recording of a Supercross race report I recorded just for you. Keep making an awesome podcast." So he sent us his Supercross update. You want to hear it? Yes. Yes. All right. This week in Supercross, the tour stopped in Glendale, Arizona, where kickstart Kenny would find himself on top of the box. Aboard an RMZ 450, Jet Lawrence placed third aboard an HRC Honda, enough for the points lead and the red plate. His brother Hunter would finish fifth. Eli Tomac, Jason Anderson, and Cooper Webb all had exceptional rides. In the 250s, Nate Thrasher was leading until he crashed in the rhythm section and the race had to be red flagged. After the restart, Levi Kitchen and Jordan Smith were battling it out, but it would be RJ Hampshire who was victorious. This has been your Supercross 30 seconds. Hey, yeah, awesome? I love that. Yeah. Keep love that, that up. Ian's got the perfect voice, but of course, you know, he's got a background in in performing. Mm. So, um, thank you very much for that update. And I'm just, gonna, yeah. Oh, this may be dangerous. I'm gonna say, send us your uh, if you want to share a report, a 30 second report on an event, a race, or anything. I love that. Send us if, your 30 second report. If you got awesome. drunk. Got Brewer's Droop and couldn't perform <laughs> on Saturday. Send us a report. Drop preferably. 30 drunk. seconds. <laughs> so, um, Emma, you have an email that's related, I think, to an email that I have. I'm going to start well, with Well, you mine. start. You start. I'm going to start with finish. mine. Um, and this one is from Mike D. Mike, and Mike D. Come on, D. Love the Beastie Boys. He's. he's <laughs> <laughs> Mike D's. <laughs> To check it out. Uh, I'm going to say that he's got an issue. With a tissue? No. 
Uh, and maybe a little bit of anger management. <laughs> oh, damn. Needed here. Oh, no. But we'll get this to involving brake fluid again. No, no, no. And it's uh, uh, Emma. This is why that Laguna Seca lawsuit is BS. Oh, yes. Ah. This is about the Laguna Seca lawsuit, which we have a little bit of an update on. He says, my reason that the Laguna Seca McMansion owners bunch of shit lawsuit against <laughs> Laguna Seca is a bunch of shite because these shite heads, McMansion owners, represent that segment of our society that cares less for history or what was there before they arrived. They are the same people who have complained about the following. A loud pipe passing them for three frigging seconds out of their day. Yell at kids for playing stickball in the street. Get off my lawn. Play golf. (laughs) Proceed to tell you about the guy who was killed on a motorcycle after you mentioned that you ride. Play golf. Motorcycles. Watch reruns of Elf. Wear frigging hearing aids. (laughs) And they play frigging golf. These are the people that complain about things like this. I think he's... (laughs) He's got, he's got a little bit of an issue. It's concise. Take, take a gummy, relax. So, um, no, he's absolutely. I think right you have one there. Right touching, don't read it mm-hmm. yet. I wanted to share my update that I shared with you. So we, uh, somebody sent me a video that's been going around. I don't know if any of you saw it. Careful, Liza. I know Careful. about simmer down about the Laguna Seca lawsuit, and this is a YouTuber. That did some research. <laughs> it's got to be right there. <laughs> into <laughs> the um, it's the uh, the the highway fifty eight. Highway sixty eight. Sixty eight. Highway sixty eight. Coalition is who filed this. Mm. Now, this person did some research into who the Highway sixty eight Coalition is. <laughs> Developer now, do this, tell. This is where my disclaimer comes in. I. Don't know how valid this guy's research is. It, no, might, no fact it might be 100% on, but I will say it reeked of, of <laughs> conspiracy theorist YouTube channel. Tinfoil hat? I'm just going to say it mm-hmm. was that same kind of thing. He may be spot on, or it may be conspiracy, you know, uh, conspiracy theory. He, he may have got rays from space through his dentures that caused him to talk this way. Or shot with a juice saying, space laser. But. He did some research, and even though he could not find a name specifically attached to the Highway 68 Coalition, he found other lawsuits filed uh, for other things uh, locally that had very similar use of language and found it Mm. all to be from one person who lives near and grew up near the racetrack. And it turns Mm. out... In his youth, that a motorcycle coming out of Laguna Seca, the loud pipe scared the family dog who ran out into the road, and his brother chased the dog and got killed by a car. And so it's possible that there is a person who lives there who has had a long time. Axe to grind. Axe to grind with Laguna Seca (laughs) and motorcycles. And a that, vendetta of a sorts. A vendetta of sorts. It's possible. Mm-hmm. And that if that is the case, that this may have no weight to it. I don't know the status of all these other lawsuits that he has filed for different constructions and just different stuff. He's somebody who's just creates a lot of lawsuits. What would be the fiscal impact of sh- shutting that track on, oh, on the huge. Monterey area? 
It'd be huge. It's income. Yeah, all the cars and I mean everything. I know? think I read that it was a, a quarter million to the county every year. Oh, easily. Or quarter billion. Oh, yeah. Quarter billion sounds yeah, more right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it may not actually be the McMansion owners that we assumed it was, which we did say. I, I did say, I assumed it was all these well, people buying these big houses near the track complaining. They, they may be jumping on board too. They may be, but, but we don't know. And it may yeah. just be one person. Emma, did you, you had one, an email so, there? So Are there they, is a term for this. Um, American yeah. law is, is, is very, very convoluted. But there is a term called a vexatious litigant. And a vexatious mm. litigant is somebody who basically <clears throat> pulls all kinds of lawsuits against ve- people. It's a bad thing. So if this gentleman or lady gets labeled a vexatious litigant yeah. based on this and historical precedent from things in the past, um, we should be golden. Anyway, so I have a hair. By the way, your hair is banging today. Yeah, oh, thank it's you. very it looks great. Bonnie Rate. Oh, thank you, sweetie. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. I noticed that too. I'm yeah, this looks great. Oh, yeah. thank you. I'm going. I'm, I'm going to take it. You're all. blushing. I never seen you blush before. Tra la la. I love my hair. <laughs> this is from Alex G. Hey, Alex. Um, and he's from Pennsylvania. Dear Misfits, hello from Pennsylvania. It's been a little bit since I've had time to write, but your mo- most recent podcast really struck a chord with my wife and I. If I may, just for a moment, say that as a V85 TT owner, uh-huh. I know the bike isn't perfect, but it's perfectly lovable. I've ridden several R1250 GSs, and they always feel a bit boring. I just can't help think that they were designed in a perfect office with perfect, intelligent, glasses-wearing engineers that make sure everything is in the correct place, rather than a cafe by stylish people on their third espresso where every detail gets a chef's kiss. So um, the thing is about BMWs, and they've been doing this for years, I do like BMWs, but when you sit on one, it it is Alice correct. You have to sit on it correctly, you hold the bars correctly, you put your feet on the floor. I will say it forces you into an ergonomic position yeah and i as i've having owned multiple bmws i was surprised first time i rode one it put me into this felt like an awkward position right that suddenly i realized i had no stress on my elbows wrists and shoulders and i was like oh it's forcing me i you know i think it, it works it works i believe i believe in the ergonomics that they put into their back i think the next film that we make liza we should include a dramatic recreation of a BMW motorcycle board meeting where we all look like Dieter from Saturday Night Live. And, ah, hello, Klaus, you are angular and beautiful today. What are we going to design? Anyway, um, but for real, I found the V85 TT to be absolutely fantastic. I agree, it completely gets under your skin and into your heart, and that's right where it belongs, which is largely true. Now, on to the issue of the moment, Laguna Seca. As Miss Emma would probably say, definitely say, the complaining of the new nearby residents is complete babbling from the sickbed. And it is. Um, Honestly, you've you've got to have some nerve to move in next to something like that and then complain of the noise. Did they not know what, when they, uh, hang on, I'll get there. Did they not know when they were building or buying? Sorry, the only... 
Oh, yeah, here we are. Sorry. The only day they could get their pilot to fly them in to look at probably <laughs> was on a Wednesday when the track was probably being prepped for the next weekend. But they tried <laughs> to show that they're adults and they should know better. I would imagine that Laguna Seca brings in quite a tax base for Monterey County. It does. In people going there and spending money, let alone surrounding businesses in the nearby area, they get reciprocal patronage from those attending events. Yes, they do. But I don't know for sure. So that is hence hearsay. Well, it's not. I mean, the fact is Laguna Seca brings in a ton of money for Monterey County. And people that have money to spend, too. Yeah. And generally the Central Coast in general, um, I think coastal California should be incredibly proud of Laguna Seca and its legacy, its worldwide legacy. Mm -hmm. So we need to protect this place at all costs. Anyway, what I do know is that people who complain like that tend to be the dreariest and most depressing Kens and Karens who haven't got... They probably play golf as well. Who haven't got an ounce of true bollock and need to force their way into the lives of others in order to make them feel small because it makes them feel big. Ah. They're sticking their giblets, pulls deep into a desperate glory old thing and they'll get a rock off and being heralded as heroes. Whereas in reality, on the other side is a feral cat with sharp claws... And a taste for putting them in chuffing agony. Yes. Wow. Yeah, no, this is good stuff. <laughs> if these people were a motorcycle, there'd be something that started off fine, but through the years was morphed into something embarrassing like a stretch booster on Facebook Marketplace that has no title, worn over, crash damage, all the while being covered in years' worth of bong resin and bad choices. <laughs> and the owner's asking $10,000 because they know what they have. Why don't these complete tossers just turn their hearing aids off, kick off their orthopedic shoes, and sit in their pasty, well-worn, and pretty asses <laughs> down with a nice book and sod off, and a nice cup of tea? The track was there first, you wankers. Yes, this is all true. Yeah. Yeah. I have an idea. Uh -oh. I'm not done yet. Well, let me interject. Go on, then. A lot of these McMansion Mc McWankers that we're talking about... <laughs> <laughs> So they, their they, name would be. Hold on, hold on. They're, Karen and Kevin McWinker. They have kind of nice cars, wouldn't you say? Yes. Yeah. Odds are they might really enjoy a day on the track. Oh God! No, mm -hmm. I mean, Ooh, this, them, give them a free track day coupon. Hey, That's what I'm saying. And, and it'd be great for the local repair shops. Insure. <laughs> yeah. This has been and, tried and in the past. So, um, back in the day. In England, I was known as having <coughs> been something of the host of banging parties. And my method... Hold on. Well, parties where there were banging or banging parties? What? Huh? <laughs> banging parties, meaning <laughs> they, they were quite good parties. Was there a dish of keys involved? No, not that okay. kind of banging. Was there a lot of lube? No, not that kind of banging, but just generally... Not that kind of lube. Yes, exactly. <laughs> were there drums involved but with this? The method I always used for the parties was... Um, I'd organize a party, and right, it's going to be on this date, and then I would dutifully go around all the neighbors... And say, well, I'm having a party on Saturday night, and you're very welcome yes. to come along. And nobody ever did, and everyone complained anyway. 
So I, I don't <laughs> think a track day for your wretched Toyota Camry will work. I used to do that when I played music and I would have these big like jam parties and everyone come in. Yes. And I invited the neighbor. Like, if you like come, she showed up with a harp. Right on. To our jam wow. session. Fantastic. <laughs> but it sounded good. <laughs> anyway. Um, Intermission. So Alex G continues. I know that Laguna Seca is used by cars and motorcycles alike, but as a motorcyclist, I feel we're constantly marginalized by many different groups, and we are perpetually made to stick up for ourselves. So in a way, I feel targeted by this. There's no in a way. I mean, we are. What is going on with Laguna Seca is laughably ridiculous, and I hope that sense and reason come through. If not, I feel it was set a very dangerous precedent. Forgive me if I'm wrong. I've never been to Laguna Seca, but it doesn't strike me as a small little local cart path that exudes noise once or twice a year. This is a world-renowned track, and if these sauerkraut-slurping, nose-picking invalids think they're going to bring down one of racing's great stages, they've got another thing coming. Well, the good news is, Alex, um, there's a lot of us that feel the same way as you. Thank, f- thank you for letting me get that out. I feel so much better. Oh, I'm glad you do. Um, P.S. As always, much love to all of you, and thank you so much for the podcast and your efforts to make motorcycling awesome. Well, it's already awesome, darling. We're just letting Make it awesomer. Know. A quick shout out to Johnny Powell, who was on the Misfits New Year's Eve Skype and his Rabaconda, which saved my huffing and puffing ass in high altitude New Mexico on the scooter cannonball. Your kindness and grace was very much appreciated. Looking forward to warmer weather where I don't have to live vicariously through any of you anymore, Alex G. Yes, because of course I should imagine it's quite cold in Pennsylvania. Quebec too, it's cold. Yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> well, Bagel, I think we, yes. you have one that we made another person angry. <laughs> if um, you can share from Andy. Oh, let me see here. Oh. Um, have we upset Andy? I upset yes. Andy. Andy Cheatham. <clears throat> and Bagel upset Andy. What? <laughs> is, that the, is that the Andy Cheatham from the world-renowned from solicitors Dewey Threadwood Cheatham Spa. and how? <laughs> exactly. No, this is Andy Cheatham from Droidwich Spa. Oh, yeah, from Droidwich, yes. Hope you're all well. No, he's a brummy, darling. Uh, yes, well, <laughs> is he, though? <laughs> no, Droidwich. He's brumbab. Uh, Right, I, haven't, I haven't stopped laughing since Beggar read my, my last email about my kill switch escapade with a Scottish accent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm originally from Liverpool. <laughs> and I would have loved to hear Beggar try that accent out. <laughs> Try my best. <laughs> Are you on a Liverpool anywho, accent? Anywho... <laughs> I just wanted to write, write to say that I have booked myself onto the Tuscany tour. Hey-o. Nicely hopefully, done. Hopefully on a multi-strata V2. Okay. A bike I've read a lot about, but never ridden. You'll and I like can't it. Wait. I've never ridden in mainland Europe before or toured on a group, toured with a group of other riders, and I'm looking forward to doing both. Change <laughs> the topic now. Brake fluid. Uh, never, <laughs> Here we go. I have never got angry listening to Eminem <laughs> until now. <laughs> Even the thought of someone contemplating messing around with one part of a motorcycle that can kill you had my blood 
blood, blood pressure rising the first episode. You mentioned that I thought it was over, but the next episode, no sooner <laughs> did you start the <laughs> again before I was wound up again. <laughs> no, no, no. Don't, don't, don't. I may need therapy. Can you recommend anything? Best regards, Andy. Yeah, I'd recommend Cleveland Moto Podcast. Yes, direct your complaints to Uncle Phil at Cleveland Moto. <laughs> and, and Phil had a comment on Facebook about the uh, the brake fluid thing, too. Yeah, no. I mean, it's... Oh, it, it, Liza? I shared it last week. Liza. Babbling from nope. the sickbed. Babbling mm, from the sickbed. Nope. It's not like you nope. to come into my presence and gibber. Nope. Like a moron. Don't do nope. It. Don't do Again, it. I'm taking the stance... <laughs> Oh, Lord, this was mercy. a conversation God that has had, been had over and over oh and God. over, and that's all I was doing was having that conversation again. Pure applesauce, great applesauce at that. Um, so I have one, and then Bagel, are you going to be able to get to that second one, or should we save that? That's quick. I just want to recap that. So um, this one says, hey, Liza, Miss Emma, and Associate Misfits. This Hello, is from darling. our friend Marshall. Uh, Marshall. Says, I just wanted to thank you again for your hospitality when I visited the garage a couple of weeks ago. Oh, that's lovely. It was great to meet folks in person, see the garage and the studio. That would have made the trip 100% worth it. Oh, God. But you raised the bar to a whole different level when oh. you threw me on the scrambler and took me on a West Cliff oh, ride with Emma, the Misfits, oh, nice. and the Vampires. So if any misfits are ever in Central North Carolina, give me a shout. I have a handful of bikes and would love to return the favor. Thanks for being so welcoming, and thanks for the fabulous podcast. I'll send in some North Carolina ride reports as soon as our weather reliably breaks 60 degrees. If you're hearing any sound, both of my cats are losing their shit outside the window trying to get my attention. So, <laughs> Just so you know. Um, Marshall really lucked yeah. out because um, he showed up... Um, he was in a rental car or something. I mean, he'd flown in. And it was a glorious, glorious Sunday. Um, and about three o'clock, I said, you know, it'd be a shame if we didn't do a, um, a um, Westcliff ride, which we used to do a lot more. So we all jumped on the bikes. Liza lent Marshall the scrambler, mm-hmm. high pipes and all. <laughs> He thought it was acceptable. And, then, <laughs> and we d- did this fantastic Westcliff ride with the vampires acting as outriders and basically, you know, leading and tailing. Um, and he really had a very, very groovy time. I think he was quite overwhelmed by it. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, Josh and Jill, this is your first experience here, right? What have you guys thought? Well, I, I've been here once before. Yeah. All right. You haven't been in this room, have you? Not in this room. The first time I was at the garage, I was wearing a red flannel shirt and a slouchy beanie, and you called me Portland all day. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dear. Yeah, that that place. But I'm back. (laughs) Yeah, Jill, have you enjoyed your time here? Yes, very much. Oh, lovely. As I mentioned before, the generosity of this uh, endeavor and the people are so nice. You were generous. You brought donuts. There's so much love, and uh, the the garage is smaller than you'd expect, but it's in the middle of a compound. Yeah. And I want the audience to keep this place in mind in case of a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> uh, you could head this way. and uh, Oh, we've got accommodation for everyone, darling. Zombies too, huh? 
Oh yeah, especially <laughs> zombies. But uh, the 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 point you touched on, Jill, is we're all very very different people, but the commonality we share, we have this love in our heart for motorcycles, and it's it's really visceral love in our heart for these things. And if you focus on that, it's very, very easy to find friends. It's very, very easy to find common people to hang out with. And we, we have this thing that binds us all together. When I had my mechanical problems in uh, Texas, uh, I went to a, a shop for parts and waiting for information. And uh, a guy behind, uh, people would tell me about the time in their life where they went on the long trip and uh, uh, the sharing and the, uh, the friendliness yeah. of once I was I stopped for a break I and I just lay on the grass and somebody stopped and inquired are you okay and so uh, yeah I like that yeah it's it's a nice. it's a wonderful community well we have one more email to get to bagel and I thought this one was interesting I think this will be quick but uh, yeah. This is in response to a topic I've brought up, and um, I think this will be the maybe the hardest accent you've tried. Uh, well, uh, I don't know if Scott is from here, but if you want me to read <laughs> yes, this in the accent, <laughs> I happen to speak Dutch. So oh. this email is from Scott Ross. It is titled, The Solution for High-Powered E-Bikes. And uh, Scott writes, I know Liza has expressed her concern about high-powered e-bikes. In the Netherlands, the high-traffic enforcement has picked up dinos for testing. I was wondering if this has something, if this was something that could be be coming to America. And he links to an article where the Dutch police have bought these little mobile uh, mobile. units that you can fit an e-bike on. Now and, uh, let me and just they will run and they will run the e-bike on the dyno to find out what the actual power output is of that bike. Let me describe so, this. If you went to um, buy a the the cheapest um, what's that running machine the treadmill yeah you can yeah. find it looks like that. If you imagine yeah. a treadmill that then folds down, they fold it out and it has the the, the you know the wheels on it and they put these e-bikes on there and they rev it to actually measure how much force they have because that's one of the things that you can have different settings for them so it can qualify as like a you know an e-bike or a moped but then you you can turn them up and like things can do 65 so now they're busting them and they whip out this like treadmill Mm -hmm. looking dyno mini dyno and he's like do you think do you think we'll see it here and i'm like i don't think so i think you need one for the shop (laughs) Everyone yeah. could dino the dino. Yeah, just the dino in general. Yeah. I don't think so because uh, here's the thing. Um, and as I've been kind of exploring, why isn't this being better uh, controlled? Uh, I was told that states, uh, counties, and then states need to set their own rules. And then eventually it'll get to federal. But I don't think any counties or states are going to be buying these these machines and I they're, don't think they're not bothered enough by it. We're, I think. we're too large of, yeah, we're too large of a country. It's, it's too small of a problem in a big country that it, that's why I think it's so hard uh, for the bureaucracy to manage it. And they said it's, yeah, it's going to have to be counties and then um, 
cities, counties, and states coming up with their own solutions to it before the federal government would get involved. I mean, they're not really checking loud pipes. I mean, on occasion they do on the side of the road, but for the most part they're not. So if they're not going to do that, they probably won't do that. I have had my pipes checked. It's not very common, though. There is one cop in Santa Cruz who carries a DB meter. <laughs> of course. I'm, I'm just saying. They they have one. And maybe they have more now. It's not expensive. but Did you pass? Crap. No, I failed. <laughs> oh. But I, I paid the ticket because I, I've calculated I could pay eight tickets for the same cost of getting new pipes. Did they make you do it? They didn't do a fix-it ticket, huh? No, you, and I wasn't going to do a fix-it ticket. The pipes would have cost me eight they tickets. Just, just no, I'll just pay the tickets each time. That's the cop's choice, not yours, though, to get a fix-it ticket. No. Is, yeah, you, it is. Is your bike too loud because it's modified or Oh, this was a custom chopper that had no baffles, straight pipes. Anyway, um, it's interesting, though, to see that there are solutions happening in other countries. Right. And that is a guide for us. And it's it's like, oh, that, that is the, potential. I don't think it'll happen here, but it's cool to see that. There, there has to be a solution. And... Uh, my only concern is it's born out of an accident that's very, very yeah. high profile. Headlines. <laughs> yeah. And it'll become headlines and it'll throw all of motorcycling under the bus because the average Ken or Karen is not going to differentiate between a gasoline-powered motorcycle and an electric one. So some chav is going to be riding an electric bike down the sidewalk at 60 miles an hour, run over some senator's snot-nosed kid... Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll all get thrown under the bus. Yeah, look at that little treadmill. Yeah, it's 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 kind of interesting to see. Um, and unfortunately, it's kind of my experience that we're not really well known in the U.S. for seeing what what's successful in other countries in using that. Yeah. No, not really something that we do. No, not really. It's- but thank you for sharing that. I, um, I think that that is. A path there, and I might even share this with uh, my friends at the AMA. Like, hey, look, yeah. it, there's there you go. There's something something to do. Well, I think that brings us to the end. I wonder who won the Super Bowl. Oh, it was tied last time I looked. Oh, you've been checking Some sports yeah. team. <laughs> it is sixteen to sixteen with nine seconds left in the fourth period. Ooh, oh wow! Oh, well, good match then. Yep. Interesting. Well. Oh yeah, nineteen to sixteen. Yeah. Well, I, I'm pleased to I'm pleased to report that after eating four bowls of chili, I won the Super Bowl. <laughs> I can attest to that because I was in the bathroom after you. That yeah, was, that was good chili, huh? Um, yeah. and just a quick announcement. I I said this last week, but um, you know, I announced that we have the new T-shirt. I don't know if you guys saw the new T-shirt design mm-hmm. for our Patreon subscribers. They can go through Patreon and get their coupon code so they can order right. it for free. On our website. I did also put it out there. If anyone who's not a Patreon subscriber, $5 or more, would like to pre-order one, I'm offering free shipping right now. And, so and I would like shirt. to point out that is an unknown person riding an <laughs> unknown bike. On that shirt. Couldn't recognize him. No, I have no idea who he is. It's Naked Jim. There you go. It's Naked Jim riding a yeah. DR350. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so go to motorcyclesandmisfits.com. Click on shop and you can go ahead and pre-order a shirt and get free shipping. Uh, though my international shipping price is flat fee, $20 anywhere in the world. In the world. 
which is a bargain. Do we still do Zazzle, darling? Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. There's a link there too. There's an Emma's Army up there still. Yeah, yeah go, go to Zazzle and buy a shirt with me in bed with a motorcycle on it. Yeah, Zazzle's where we throw the catch all for all different designs and Emma and stuff that you can put onto any shirt or mug or bandana that you want. We don't make any money off of it. But it, we appreciate when people are just sharing. I have a pillow I bought off of Zazzle. Did you? I did. Is it is, is it with me in bed with a bike? Do you go to bed with me every I, night, I, I tried that, but it was too uh, exciting. Emma, I just had the idea. Do you think I should um, drop trowel, stick my butt against the car window, have you take a picture, and we can turn that into a pillow for John? Absolutely. <laughs> And you could have it scratch and sniff. (laughs) He'll be sleeping cheek to cheek. (laughs) On that note. Also at MotorcyclesAndMistress.com, you'll find links to our our calendar, the events we're going to, our tours, everything there that you need. Get your discounted slot for Pakistan now. Also, motorcyclesandmisfits at gmail.com. Send us your emails. And then send lastly, us all your money. Just send us all your money, all your children, all your motorcycles. Just give it all to us. And lastly, um, come and visit us. Just like Gilles here, who was emailed and said, hey, can I come and sit on the podcast? I said, sure, bring donuts. No, I didn't and, say that, but you did. Thank you. Right. And Marshall, who had such a wonderful time. Yeah. So come on. We like, we like visitors. We do. Yeah. So there you Are go. Are we boring you, John? John is your turn. I got a dog in heat at home. Okay. Oh, don't even get into this. Yeah, I got to go change Don't the even. I'm changing diapers again, everybody. <laughs> He's I thought got I was done with that noise. on a dog. <laughs> well, it's the best thing to do. And you, you should point out that, that you know, that you can't find a veterinarian in the next six months. To it's crazy right now. Spay That's this a whole poor other animal. Oh, God. We can do it at the garage. Probably could. Yeah, we can. All right. <laughs> Two bricks. Thanks, everyone, for sticking with us. I really appreciate it. Especially Patreon subscribers. Go get your T-shirt. Ready to get out. Get them while they're hot. Thanks, everyone. This is Liza. Stumpy John. Emma Darling. Rocket Josh. Gilles. Bagel. And we are out of here. Cool. 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 Cool.